What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 56, here again another Friday. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope you have a, a beverage of your preference in hand, maybe some snacks ready to go, comfortable on the couch, feet up, had a hard week. Cheers to you guys, fucking party on. Um, resident homies, what's going on, dudes? Joel, Joseph, and Casey always with me. Uh, this week, we got a new homie of mine starting about 10 minutes ago, Andrew Baird from fucking Fallujah. What's going on, Andrew? How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you, fellas. Yeah, yeah dude. Man. What's up? Fuck yeah, dude. Sick What's ass up? fucking drummer, dude. Um, before we get into it with you, though, let's uh, plug some uh, shows and shit coming up for Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we go. So I... Uh, I'm going to be filling in for the last of Lucy on a little three show run this, uh, coming December about, uh, three weeks from now. And this is the first show, uh, we're playing with symbolic as the headliner and then, um, ominous ruin are going to be doing all three shows with us. Fuck yeah. This is broken nice. glass sanctuary. And this is at cafe colonial and Sacramento. So that's Friday, December 3rd, the next day, uh, next two shows, Vitriol are coming home from their tour. They're out on tour with Dying Fetus right now. So these are their routing dates home. So we're playing this show. Um, oh, they used the old Last of Lucy logo for this. I just noticed. And uh, Reminiscence and Great Void on this one. And then uh, our homecoming show, Vitriol with Logistic Slaughter. And nice. then um, Eviscerate and Ontogeny as well. What up, Ontogeny? Shout out to Nate. Off right. And this will be uh, December 5th at the Homestead Bowl and X-Bar in Cupertino. December 5th, is that a Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, okay. so so I should have said this is uh, the Saturday show is Tulare. So this is uh, Fresno area at Barmageddon. And then mm -hmm. our last show is coming home to Cupertino. So if you're in any of those three cities, I can come out and say what's up and uh, hang out with Cali Death. Hell yeah. I'm dude. actually putting on a show on the 5th also at Oceanside Brewing Company in Oceanside. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a bunch of student bands and stuff like punk bands and metal, and you know, it's gonna be fun. So, <laughs> okay, can't make it up there to the that, that's in the bay in Cupertino, right? That's like San Jose, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, cool, nice dude. Those look sick, man. I want to go to those shows. I know, I was hoping that was a Saturday, I was actually planning on that being a Saturday, so I'm kind of uh, now rearranging work schedules in my head to make that work. I think that Saturday you might be in Pacifica. I just found out today, Pat's having a homecoming oh, party, dude. okay, yeah, we'll be there. December okay. 4th, so let's do that. Maybe I could do that, bring some clothes, catch it on the way back. Boom. That'd be there sick. It'd be fuck, a rough Monday, fuck though. work fuck. on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I know that Vitriol has Chase and West Berlin drumming for them right now, so yep. that'll be a sick headlining set, absolutely. Okay. This one, guy's one of the best drummers, in my opinion, honestly. Just absolutely. Sneaky, sneaky good. Sneaky good drummer. Yeah. Totally. I've just actually watched some videos of him today and was like, holy fuck. Like he's, he's been, been my friend yeah. on Facebook forever. And I just randomly yeah. watched some of his videos. I'm like, whoa. He's been posting is... on uh, Insta a bit more. And Definitely. it's been nice yeah. to like see so like sick. drum footage uh, of him like in a live environment at least. Like kind of yeah. come back on his profile and be like, that's right. You're you're like you're like amazing at drums. It's like <laughs> yeah. missed it. It's been a long time, man. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert, yeah. he's gonna be on the podcast soon. Ooh, nice. Fuck yeah. yeah. Just talking nice. about it. Yeah. And I think we'll get some of the other performers of these shows on the podcast at some point too. Nice. I think symbolic Alan would be rad. So what's up, Alan? Let's do it. 
And then uh, nice. the logistic guys, absolutely, as well. And uh, should we should we get Nate from Montagini on, dude? I mean, that would be a kind of a big get, right? <laughs> I don't know. He's really busy. We'll see if we can we can get him done. Get his fourth time, fifth time. <laughs> Shout out to Eviscerate. We hung out with Eviscerate at the uh, uh, Wolf King, and uh, um, who was that headliner? Damn it! Fuck, Joel. Uh, skeletal remains. skeletal remains. Yeah, we hung yeah, out yeah, with the Eviscerate yeah, yeah. guys. They're rad. So, anyway. Bringing it back to uh, Andrew. What's up, yeah, man? dude? Speaking of fucking talented drummers, dude, Andrew Baird, dude, you fucking rule, dude. So thanks, wanna, man. Thank you. We we all want to hear your story. Like th- this, the way that I always say, the way that we do this is take us back to as far as you possibly can remember when music like was something more than just background noise for you. You know, man. And when it started becoming, oh, not only that, I want to, I want to create it. And, and when did you get into getting an instrument and figuring out how to fucking play music? Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I've, so I've been around music, not, not particularly just drums, but like music in general, since, since I was a young kid, uh, a wee lad. Um, I, uh, my, my mother and my father actually owned an entertainment uh, business uh, far before uh, I was born. So as I grew up, I kind of was like getting involved with them in this business of theirs. And it was music actually um, kind of involving uh, the, the, the the Pacific Islands. So a lot of music that was like uh, Hawaiian, Tahitian, uh, Samoan, Tongan, Maori, um, cultural music. And uh, it's like really, there's like a big emphasis on like storytelling through the music as well. And percussively, it's very, it's a very, very big, strong suit in in these different types of cultures. So uh, I grew up in that actually when I was, um, since I was born, and so did my sister too. We were kind of like a musically driven family, and it was it was the family business, and it was what you know kept everything running. And my mom and dad like put it together before the term gig economy was like even even coined uh, like a term of any kind, really. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I grew up with that, and. Um, I, I learned how to play drums uh, through through those types of cultures. So I can I can give you a list of names, but uh, I don't know if a lot of people would know what I'm talking about. Uh, like <laughs> name a few. Like, uh, like pahus, which are basically like giant bass drums that you hear with a mallet. Everything's like uh, used with like wood and like goat skins, um, mm. dried and like super tightened down with rope to get like really unique earthy earthy tones and stuff so totally so um, are you are you polynesian so i have a i have a small percentage of pacific islander um it, uh, within me on my on my mother's side of things and then on mm-hmm. my dad's side he was more uh the european uh melting pot so scottish and french mm-hmm. uh english and that kind of thing a little bit german so um but for my mother's side uh it was actually more geared to uh, asian Asian Hawaiian, yeah, Asian, Asian Hawaiian, Asian American, uh, so to speak. So, um, got like a tiny bit of percentage of, of Pacific Islander in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's kind of how I started. And then, um, <clears throat> I, uh, sadly lost my mother when I was about eight years old. And I want to say mm-hmm. when I turned about 10 years old, I stumbled upon, uh, I stumbled upon Metallica in the car for the first time nice. from my uncle and got blown away by a drummer with two kick drums, like just blew me away as a kid, you know? Um, so, and then from that step onward, uh, it just kind of slowly started turning into my desire for heavier and then heavier 
and and then faster and then like technical like music after a while so um so going through like middle school and stuff and grow and like growing your taste for metal and and searching for it and finding mm-hmm. new stuff mm-hmm. how did that grow for you like take us through that a little bit i think i think i want to i would like to think i could speak up for a lot of like musicians and and i guess metalheads and metal enthusiasts uh in uh in general but um sometimes family dynamics or modern, you know, stresses of our daily lives, school relationships, uh, eventually we need escapes. We need, we need tools to help us get away from the hardships of life and metal kind of helped me get through some manic depression after losing my mother at a young Mm -hmm. age. You know, that was my first time experiencing grief and loss. And um, when you're a kid, it's, it's hard to process a lot of these emotions, but I, I felt like I could connect with metal in a way where a lot of pent up emotions and anger yeah. and angst and stuff. It's helping you release some steam. Yeah. Like yeah. E- exactly. Um, so, so metal was a really good, a good tool for me to, to continue onward and to be okay with the fact that I'm not, I'm not going to have a mother for the rest of my life. And then I started understanding like, wait, I can actually probably use this to feel good about myself and be a little bit more confident. So like I took that with me into high school. Um, I actually got my first drum set when I was about 14. Um, it was actually, a, a drum set for the family business, but then I kind of just kind of just hogged it. And then I <laughs> put it in the garage and then I just like made it into my own drum set after a while. My dad just didn't even put up with like taking so it. For where were you growing <laughs> up? Where were you growing um, up? So I, so I live in the San Francisco Bay area. Um, oh, okay. I grew up in the East Bay nice. pretty much my entire life. And um, yeah, I went to like San Ramon Valley high school um, over here in San Ramon and stuff. And um Man, I just made it like I made it a valiant effort to like go to school. If I had sports, just go to sports and then bust out as much drumming as I could over the weekends or something like that. And then eventually I stopped doing sports to drum more because I was like so enamored by the world of bands and uh, maybe touring one day. Um, so, um, but yeah, so that's, you're, already, that's, you're already deep in the metal when before you got this, the drum set. I was I was not deep into it, but I was uh, acquainted. Like mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. at the time it was a lot of Metallica, a lot of Iron Maiden. <laughs> I got what, would, what would you come home and and what would be your like? I can't wait to jam this song out when I get home. Whatever cover song, your oh, favorite dude. cover, Ma- Master of Puppets, man. Come on, come yeah. on, my dude. <laughs> I, even, <laughs> I loved it so much back then that even like I had a bass guitar just lying around. I would still try and thump along to it on bass during that like experimental phase of your life where you're like, I don't know what kind of instrument I want to like play or like get into. And then I just realized, I think, I think I'm just destined for percussion, you know? So, mm. but uh, yeah, listen to a lot of bands, uh, a lot of like older, like metal bands uh, when I was younger. And then it, uh, I stumbled upon like, uh, like unearth and like, as I lay dying and all that remains when I was like freshman, sophomore year in high school. And then everything, everything changed. Actually my first real metal show I saw, um, was the Sanctity of Brothers tour in 2005 with it was like Unearth headline bleeding through um, Animosity headline that too oh shit through the Eyes of the Dead uh, Terror was on that one yeah that was that was like my first show ever at the Fillmore uh, in San Francisco <clears throat> oh nice so um, yeah so to to go back to your question I I've, I've been like just playing drums in general since I was a young kid but I got into metal. I I'd want to say like 13 or 14 years old as a, as a means of making me feel like feeling like I could belong in like an environment and I can escape from, um, just, just 
the growth of kids from adolescence to being a teenager and um, just trying to understand the world without a, a parental figure, you know? I wonder um, what that is, dude. Like us as, you know, boys growing up in adolescence and is it just, it's existential angst mixed with excess testosterone and, and anger and, and, and then we blow it off with listening to music, <laughs> you know, like it, we don't even physically get it. I mean, yeah, you physically get it out when you're head banging and if you're yeah. actually you're moshing and shit, but really it just, just the sitting and listening to something aggressive mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. actually take away some of that shit, you know? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. weird. I think we're also as kids, uh, you know, and no offense to like any of your parents or anything like that, or just your, your living situation at home. But Why I think are you talking shit about my mom, dude, dude, I'm sorry, dude. My bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, do when we're growing up, uh, I don't think, I don't think at least when I, when I speak for men, like for, for boys growing into being young adults into men, we, uh, we live in like a society where I think being, depressed or anxious we have to like mask it because we're around people who who don't want us to be that way and this could be your mother your father your teachers principals uh friends your uh, i don't know whoever um and i think and 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 i'm neurodivergent so i have add uh, i've been I have, i've had ADD since, add since i was a young kid and i could not do well in school at all. Meanwhile, my sister was being an honor roll student and getting straight A's and doing really well. And, um, I was getting frustrated with that. So I, I found my other means of enjoyment in like the creative side of things. So, so yeah, music and, and drums and percussion stuff. And eventually like the band, uh, dynamic thing and like, and, and the scene and, and that sort of thing, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I want to think that we, we just don't get the opportunities to be a bit more expressive when we're young, because there's a lot of implications from society being like, you got to be this way. Uh, you got to be that way. You got to act a certain way. Um, men can only be tough. Men can only be strong. That That's all you can be crying. No, you can't cry. No feelings. None of that. Um, totally. And I'll just remind you all that's honestly, it's kind of bullshit. Cause that just means you're denying yourself your humanity at that point. Anyways, totally. I'm, I'm getting on a tangent, but no, we love tangents, dude. But I think, I think metal gives that to, to people, you know? Um, and God, it's been such a good release and a a helpful like tool and a healing item, you know, for, for, for many people out there to feel like they belong in an environment where like, Hey, we like you for, for who you are. And we're sorry you had to go through some weird shit. Also check out this sick, you know, check out this sick album Mm -hmm. (laughs) from this one sick band, you know? So that's, that's kind of how I grew up with metal. And then, then realizing I got to bring this into my life uh, more directly because it's, it's starting to bear me such really wonderful fruits in life, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, health and fitness and like more confidence in life. And I'm focusing on things that I've been really wanting to do since I was a kid now, but maybe I couldn't because uh, you know, societal implications being compared Mm -hmm. to other students in school and, other people you know so right. i think i want to i want to know like the the fucking percentage of like because you know i've diagnosed ADD or adhd whatever they call it now because um back when i was a kid too got the extra testing time and all the things and i just mm-hmm. couldn't just mm-hmm. couldn't comprehend i just like as far as like uh just reading comprehension stuff like that is just like terrible like it's like the worst like i can't like for me reading i'm just constantly out in another i'm thinking about like nine yeah. different things when i read i have it too mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say, like, well, I wonder what the percentage of people that like are into like 
technical crazy music in general or just metal for this conversation like have that you know because well, they want constant changing riffs all the things changing it's always more progressive more like mm -hmm. pushing and stuff like that it seems like yeah. it kind of has to do with the never you know you kind of want more and more it's just like you want like constant change and not just you know be stuck on something too long we're we're neurodivergent we're not neurotypical so we need we need stimulus <laughs> like creative yeah. stimulus mental stimulus emotional too you know um which is probably why uh, i I don't, I don't know if any of you got into like sports or anything as a kid or yeah, got into like definitely. extracurricular activities, but did you not feel like so stoked on like playing capture the flag when you were a kid or football practice or basketball or baseball or so I was a swimmer and man, sports like changed everything. So when it comes to like metal and being on stage and, and headbanging until your, till your neck like flies across the room or playing like crazy fast drums, like mm. those are stabilizers for, for people like us, you know, for neurodivergence. Cause now we can like get our chaos in our mind honed into a specific direction, you know? Um, Definitely. I feel like I, I have some of that for sure. Now that you guys are explaining it to me, I, I'm like, this all sounds like me, dude. I wouldn't honestly be surprised if all of us in this, in this podcast right now has some varying degree of neurodivergency. Like yeah. I really I mean everything's and, a spectrum yeah. and and with what you guys are saying like I have those things those times where I'm reading something and I have to continue going back and rereading because my mind wandered somewhere else while I was reading that, you know? And you have to go like, back oh, and recatch up. Dude. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and 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 how we always want more and, and we don't like to stay stagnant in one thing too much. It it mm -hmm. definitely it resonate resonates with me with you guys saying this right now. So maybe I need to go get diagnosed too. Dude. So Joseph is a professor and I'm curious. Okay. He became a professor. So do you have any of this Joseph or no? No, I don't really. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about it and like, I, if it's a good book, I can like sit and read an entire book in like a day. That's what I was real yeah, quick. I'm sorry to that. cut you off, yeah. but I am like that too. If it is a story that, completely hooks me dude i have no mm -hmm. issues there's been mm -hmm. weeks of my life where i was able to finish four books in that week <laughs> just because it was a fucking yeah like a, a run that just went and came and gone because it was something that was so perfect to me that i was reading you well know? congratulations all right <laughs> but yeah. most of the time if i'm trying yeah. to get into some you. shit but yeah i, go, go I will say Joseph. yeah like like the neurobiology of of like neurodivergency isn't really super grounded or well understood yet so there's a lot of people who like kind of will argue that some of these uh are are somewhat socially constructed and and based on like a relationship with the society you're in and not just like something in your brain so i think there's like other ways of of thinking about this stuff too and i just think that like a lot of school like what you have to read is really kind of boring and sucks and i think that there's a tendency to medicalize some of that stuff um and I don't know. I just think that there's like alternative education systems that try to get around that. So I'm kind of interested in this whole area and, and teach as a teacher, I like have neurodivergent students. And so mm. I like work with them to try to like figure out what works best. Um, which is, which is good for you because I know growing up in like the nineties and early two thousands, we didn't have as much information on neurodivergency like we yeah. do today in like 2021. Um, it's yeah. good to hear that you're first of all, I actually didn't know you're a professor, but it's also nice to hear that you're, you're like trying to uh, accommodate for your students in a manner that's actually going to individually like help them as best as they can, given 
yeah the, the kind of person they are you know that's really absolutely cool. yeah. and and this is also like an era with like mass <clears throat> higher education so we like are bringing more and more students into the college system and so these there's there's a greater and greater expectation that people are are going to be able to go to college and going to be able to do all this but it really is not a one-size-fits-all thing so if we're going to have mass higher education we need to understand that we need to fit you know individualize that to some extent as well so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah individualized for sure that's the key word right there because it really isn't individualized you know yeah absolutely there's really weird about uh well like like going to get actually diagnosed kind of recently probably like a six months ago i mean i already knew i had it but i was just wanted to you know i have like good insurance now so i'm like might as well use this fucking insurance like i never use it so i'm like i might as well go to the mental health side of things with some issues that i might think i have and uh they were really obsessed with me smoking. Like, I don't really smoke pot, but they really wanted to know, like, so how much pot do you smoke? Like, what's up with the pot consumption? Pot, pot, pot. It was just constant about pot. And I was like, dude, you can piss test me. I don't smoke pot. Like, they, they really, the, the doctor kind of, like, immediately went to, like, oh, are you just a stoner and can't focus on things? That's what he, like, wanted to kind of, like, kind of, like, pant or just throw it off on that. It's like, you're... Oh, you're into metal bands and stuff. Okay, you probably disclaimer. I smoke weed all day, every day. So what I just said may just be coming from that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he it's it's like literally like he just threw me in a template kind of, and it was kind of annoying because you know how much on a few activities that you're just doing, like yeah, yeah, and just talking to me for a while, and I still was like fully engaging, and even like at the very end of it, he was like, "Wow, I'm really impressed how much you know about yourself." I'm like, "Well, I mean, that's why I'm here." It's like. I don't, I know my tendencies. I know my brain works. I just don't know why or how it could be improved. And that's basically what the whole conversation was around. But he still piss tested me like immediately. It was like, wanted like me to pee in a thing right away. He's like, wanted to know. I'm just like, all right, man. You could be a filthy liar, dude. And then he can't diagnose you properly. Exactly. Exactly. It was just kind of weird how obsessed he was with it and how their, their whole like policy was revolved around it. Kind of like their, like, Joseph said, just kind of, I mean, basically like a blanket kind of thing, just like, okay, well, it's probably this. If it's not this, then we'll talk. You it's know so what I mean? funny. You didn't mention any other drugs that, that weed is the monkey wrench of the site. Totally. I was like, oh, you know, I, you know, I, I keister meth every now and then, but, <laughs> 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 but, uh, no, he didn't give a shit about any other drugs. He didn't bring up any other drugs. It's wow. crazy. Trip. Yeah. So now we're so far into the weeds. Where the fuck were we? Yeah. <laughs> How how about Andrew? When did you first start jamming with other, other people? There you go. Um, so I, I felt like when I entered 2017, um, I started having a desire to want to just like play over. I just wanted to like play over video game music. So I'm a, I'm a big gamer dude. Like I like playing video games since I was a kid too. Um, and, uh, so I, I, I dabbled a little bit in doing some video game covers, which ended up actually leading me into doing um, session work for... Um, so um, do you do you all know Rob Maramonti from the Zenith Passage? Oh, yeah. yeah Exclusion yeah. member, Moljota. Yeah. So he, he asked me if I wanted to help him with just like a slammy death metal project thing. Um, just some easy five songs, like tons of breakdowns, and it gets like pretty pretty like fast and heavy after after a period of time so that was actually my first time helping another band in a recording element i i oh. so i uh sorry go ahead i'm sorry man i think you're talking about when you got involved in session work i meant back when you were like a teenager starting to get into uh, yeah, yeah we want to hear about some high school band yeah we want to take you oh, way okay, back okay dude. okay yeah, so, yeah, the yeah, very, yeah. so i was in one other band for like six six or eight months 
um, before I joined Fallujah. And it was just, it was just one of those like bands where we took ourselves. It was like, we took ourselves too seriously and then we didn't take ourselves seriously enough. You know, like we, like we joked about, uh, it was, our band name was called, it was called someone's lullaby. And we were like a bluesy hardcore metal band. It was really, really weird. It, sure. We did, I did like, maybe two shows with his band and then the rest of the guys kind of just fell off and they made their own classic rock project on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was, that was technically my first band I was ever in. Um, But then I ran into um, Scott Carstairs at the time that I was in this band, he was in another band, I think his first band and they were called all is vanity. So his nickname back in the day was Scott vanity. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a such a trip, man. But he went to a neighboring high school, and I had some few. I had a few friends at my school that I went with who um, were into metal too, and just trying to do some other like metal projects so they could start playing shows locally for fun. And I got introduced to him, and I even went to like um, one or two of his shows back then uh, before Fallujah was even a thing. Um, that's how I met Scott, and then uh, my band broke off. I was just a drummer, not in a band. I was just, I was still like blast beats and practicing like every day after school and whatever, just to, just to keep my chops going. And then, um, my best friend Ian at the time actually invited me to, I think Fallujah's second show. And this was at the time when Fallujah was just purely, uh, deathcore, just purely like deathcore band, super like politically driven. Um, and I went to this show at the colorblind studios in Concord, California. Um, mm. And just uh, I I didn't it, I didn't connect the dots till later that Scott was actually the guitar player for the band. Um, but we like hung out those few, like I got invited to a few practices and stuff, and we all hung out, and it was just us like joking about. And then I got invited to that show, um, watched them play, and actually, and this is a really funny story that I love to recall with Scott every now and then, just like how we met and how he realized like like that I played drums the way I did. But uh, we there's a guitar center a block away from that venue. And we went early that day so they can grab uh, guitar strings and homie need to get some sticks. And I was hanging out with them. So I was like, I'm going to play on the electric kit then and just kind of fuck around. And so it's, this is like three in the afternoon. Like we're super early. And um, he sees me jamming on it. He comes walking up and he's like, yo man, show me, show me what you got, man. I was like, all right, all right. I hand, <laughs> I hand him my headphones. Um, and this was the time when the faceless is uh, echo Dama album was like, like shooting up there for um, like prime technical death metal at the time, you know? Uh, so I tried pulling off the beginning of an autopsy. You remember that song? Crazy And then the, the, the yeah. Um, so I did all that. I did some blasting. I just kind of like went ham on the kit for a bit. Cause there's like a really cool metal setting on the T. I think it was like the TM something TM fives or whatever. Um, but I remember, I remember like looking up at him as I'm like blasting on the ride and stuff and doing things. He, he, he was like, he's doing the whole, like, like, yeah, you know, but as I started doing more, I think he was going from like, (laughs) and then I I kid you not after a minute, he like handed me the headphones back and he's like, he's like, damn, that was that was pretty good, man. He just kind of like walked off. I think like pretty dumbfounded. Too. It's one of those <laughs> nice. moments where he realized he needed to hit the fucking books again. Dude. Yeah. Um, that was such a funny moment because I, I I remember exclusively just seeing him looking over me and just being all like, like, that's sick. And then realizing like, actually, damn, he's not fucking bad. Like he's legitimate. And so so 
going maybe like about eight months after that or like uh yeah i think i think it was like eight or nine months after that so we got into like March, I think that next year or something. And Fallujah didn't have a drummer. And he was like frantically calling me to see if I wanted to to try out for the band because they needed a drummer in time for a couple shows they had already booked up or something. Um, so he sent me he sends me the four songs. And this was at the time when um, shout out to this dude, by the way. But uh, I think it's Brent Stiletto. I, I haven't talked to this guy in a long time, but he he later would end up playing for Rings of Saturn like. Uh, like about a couple of years later, but um, he was filling in for Fallujah, but unfortunately he just wasn't cutting it for them. And Scott was like frantic. He's like, dude, I know you play really, really good drums. Would you be down to like try out and stuff? Like you're super, super sick. And like, I know you can knock these four songs out. And I was like, you know, I got nothing else going on. Like I'm not in a band, like just send them my way. We'll give them a shot. And I, I got down all four songs in like a week. And then I ended up going to his house, which was at the time, like just a few miles up the road from me. Um, playing on another drum set and then him and I jammed on the kit and he just thought I was just so good at the songs. He's like, dude, if you want, you can, you can, you can, you can be in Fallujah, man. You can just be the drummer. <laughs> like, like I will literally get on the phone in like a minute and like call Brent and tell him he's done. <laughs> so he did. <laughs> um, I, I love Brent to death and he ended up still being like a really, really good friend of the bands. And we actually even toured. I think once, uh, like a few years later, like when Fallujah started becoming a bit more tour active, but, um, that's how I actually got into Fallujah was just, um, that those four songs. And then that like cascaded into doing a lot more local shows here after a while. Um, I graduated high school in 2008 and I did my first, um, my first like West coast tour run Fallujah's first tour ever, um, uh, with Antagony. And that was a super oh, yeah. cool time. And it just, it just turned yeah. into more and more, and you know the door made a light and then eventually like prison of the mind and hallucinations were like the next songs and then um and then boom harvest worms and then from that point on just just everything just traje- uh gradual upward trajectory you know so fuck yeah Sick. dude i want to ask a little bit about that early era so who was who else was in the band when you first joined um let's see so we had a vocalist named solomon i haven't talked to him in a very long time um, but he was doing vocals. Then Alex Hoffman was on guitar and doing like some side vocal stuff for us. Uh, Scott was in the band just doing guitar. I was on drums. And then we had a, uh, it's been such a long time, but uh, we had a guy named Brando on bass. I, I forgot his last name, but his nickname was Lord Midnight. <laughs> um, I think he played in a band called Vivisection or something like that. Like, or yeah, it was a super, super long time ago. Some, some band from Petaluma and, um, Ironically, like, ironically enough, honestly, I think this is one of the reasons why Fallujah has like a little bit of good luck to them, but we haven't had that many major lineup changes throughout Fallujah's history. So, um, Solomon and, uh, Brandon, uh, had to leave the band and we ended up getting, um, Rob Armonti and then Rob Mori, uh, on bass and, mm-hmm. um, Alex decided to like, like, he's like, I know Scott's like the better guitar player. I'm just going to do vocals. Like I'm, I'm going to be okay with this. I'll help with uh, other things in the band or something like that. And then that was, that was actually like the staple like lineup for a few years. So Scott and I, uh, Robert Monty, Alex Hoffman, and then uh, Robert Mori. And that stuck for a bit before we uh, ended up getting uh, Brian James to hop into guitar uh, in place of Rob Maramonti leaving to do work with, uh, all Parish. So, yeah. oh, um, right. so pretty cool. 
pretty yeah, pretty grateful. Cool. Yeah. I actually saw you guys actually this is right after so Decrepit, we, we've filmed a music video or something. And then and Ben from Whitechapel hit me up and was like, hey, we're playing San Francisco bottom, uh, I don't know, the park side, right? Mm. Wasn't that you guys? Yeah, yeah. And I remember like I was all hanging out with, the, <laughs> with those guys. I don't know exactly what happened, but something was like one of the, their tour manager came in and was like, said something like, oh, uh, Fluja wants to like um, change some stuff around and blah, blah, blah. And like, and, I don't know. It was like this big kind of like, there was like arguing going on at the show. I don't know what was going on, but <laughs> it was something about like, and I never heard you guys before. I never heard the name before, but I was sitting in the, in the white chapel, the backstage at, mm-hmm. at the park side. And uh, there was something like the manager came and was installed something about like uh this is just because i'm drinking so i'm bringing it up um something (laughs) (laughs) it was something about like oh whatever like we're a real metal band i don't want to be playing with these something like that and like i got back to white (laughs) chapel when i was sitting with them i was sitting with ben alex and 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 phil and they're just like what like why we're just like hanging out i forget what happened but there was like some sort of like funny little drama going on i I have no idea (laughs) but i I don't know why i have i wish i had a better story that with more details i wish wish you had all the details i I kind of wish i knew more about this guy i don't remember a thing and whitechapel's like some of our some of our good friends totally totally and you guys were i don't think you guys might have not been signed yet i don't know it was like 2011 or 2010 2010 i think okay and i think you guys um were just just up and coming and and uh I forget. Yeah, I have no idea. And, and Whitechapel, you know, they're all such sweethearts. They were just all like, oh, like, like, huh. like when the when the because the, the manager came in and told them that. And then I was like, Jesus, like, I've never even heard of these guys. They just like, well, no, no, I forget what happened. Some of those set times or something with something. I don't know. It was like it was some funny drama, but it was just, I don't okay. know, I thought it'd be funny to bring it up. That's funny. <laughs> that is funny because I don't know, man, that's that's again, that's that just feels the 2000 to like the 2010 era already feels like eons ago now and that's when did you just guys like start as a band really when, when's 2000 the, when... i i met up i i want to say like 2007 was fallujah's like okay. trying to play their first few shows but we we consider ourselves like an actual band i think by 2008 like like tour ready and um at least like an ep yeah of some kind so i i usually say like 2008 and then um because we're hitting 2021 we're hitting Actually, this month, this month of November of uh, this year will be the Harvest Woman's 10 year anniversary, um, nice. which is really cool. I'm actually to, I'm actually relearning how to play some of those Harvest Woman songs again, because I haven't touched them in like a long time. And I was like, oh, my God, 20 year old me was a freak of nature and like, my wrists hurt now <laughs> my yeah, back. crazy actually, like all these like fucking like anniver- I- <laughs> all these like yeah. anniversaries of albums you're like what the fuck that was 20 years ago you know what i mean like that's all like years coming ago, up now 15 yeah. years that ago i know fascinates crazy. me about um you guys and your instruments and stuff and how long we've been doing this and trying to revisit old songs that you hadn't played in a while and actually like reteaching yourself in for me, all I had to do is remember words. I could do an odious set right now of all cryptic and devouring songs involved and totally right. be able to do it. But you guys have so much more to remember. I'm just remembering fucking words, you know? Right. And how right. they're placed to the music. But you guys have to go off of actually what your body's doing. You know, like, it's I'm, like a I have mixture to remember of, yeah. how my arms sit comfortably in this spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, like it's it's like you're getting reacquainted with memory, uh, mind muscle connection, and uh, muscle memory of those of those songs. Because now that I'm actually relearning 
the harvest wombs and I'm, I'm 31 now. Um, I'm like, Oh my God. I, I remember that I had to do these specific patterns that are kind of ingrained in my head, but the muscle developments like different for me now, because I've, I've done like a bunch of CrossFit for the past like few years. And I was like a, a fitness freak for like, uh, like 10, but now, now I'm older and my energy is different. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't believe I actually was able to pull off some of these fills or this blasting section at like 250 BPMs for that long or something like yeah. nowadays. It's like, I don't like, I'm not at that. I'm at a different part of my life where that doesn't feel very feasible for me anymore. Not, not to try and say like, I can't do it. Like it's too hard or something, you know, but like, um, it's just that sometimes it's just like a pretty mentally daunting thing to think about where you're like, I did this when I was at such a young and, unique age in life and then i'm here with like other like strengths and this seems like like completely off the branch for me now or or like getting reacquainted with it feels um such a crazy uh uh measurement of strength and um ingenuity or something like that you know so that's that's actually what i'm running into right now with the old with the all album like god i played this fast for this long, I was one blasting section. Was that a fucking idiot, man? Oh my god, dude! Like, like I love this, and I'm proud of young version of me. But old version of me, it's not stoked anymore. Would have would have done things probably a little differently. Old <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? Who knows? But I used to yeah. play along to the Harvest Wombs on drums a lot, actually. Okay, okay. What, what yeah. were your what were your favorite tracks? Do you remember? Do you remember any of them? I that was one of the ones where I I definitely attempted all of them. Um, the title track was good because it was like slower and uh yeah like kind of actual harvest wombs track the yeah. black metal one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um i definitely would just kind of start at the beginning and then just you know go with alpha and Sipient. ritual of god flesh was really fast double bass absolutely yes, yes. become one uh that's like a kind of slightly slower and like i remember that being one that i could kind of do okay but then okay. it gets into some really fast shit in the middle of the album for sure <laughs> uh tracks yeah but um man dude eternal what is it enslaved eternal Enslaved. Phenomena? That's yeah like, dude that's that the one i'm the relearning right ever, now dude. and i i love that song that one dude. and um assemblage of wolves were probably my yeah. two favorite songs from that album and an alpha and Symbian, just because it's just got that crazy build-up section at the very beginning of the song and then it just goes right into china blasts and crazy yeah. hard strumming and that was so sick man good times oh yeah good times just as old yeah this is the best part ever that's a great album man i was i was listening to all your albums in the car like i do and just like man like and i've I've heard it before and stuff but like like going back and like man this is like crazy it's like really <laughs> which know? is so funny because at the time that harvest Wombs dropped I think you were still doing decrepit bird stuff, right? And so it begins came out. What what, what year of, did that album come out again? Do you remember? Oh, oh, and time begins was like two thousand three. Yeah, that yeah. was like early. Yeah, but no, but I did. I was on the polarity album, which we re, as, was it released in twenty eleven. But you were on diminishing too. You were on diminishing. Yeah, yeah, but I but that was the last one, like right before you guys put out harvest, right? You know, mm-hmm. so it must we, have been like the same year that that came out. I think something. so. Because yeah. I was gonna say we we like we love the shit out of old decrepit birth, and I yeah. thought your drumming was like unreal. I I watched the I remember going back Thanks, on YouTube man. when I was younger to always like I had a I had a phase where I was just watching a bunch of like metal drummer uh just totally. YouTube footage like early YouTube day stuff, and I would actually watch yours. I forgot what show it was, but uh, camera was, was positioned sick, to your sick back drummers. 
I think it was Sick Drummer or what was the oh, Blastology sure. Key one? Club or the Key Club one, maybe. Blastology, uh, old, old Blastology mm-hmm. videos or something like that. But your camera position was back left and you look, you look like you sat really low to the ground. And didn't you have like yeah. really long hair at the time too? Yeah, oh for sure. Also, oh, yeah. why, why, some locks why the fuck did you, why'd you cut it, man? What the fuck? Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just had like, some l- luscious locks for sure. When, when, I, when I saw your picture on Facebook just like like the other week ago, I was like, yeah, yeah. man, okay, I get it. I get, I get why you cut the long hair. But man, I was like, I don't know. I just like your long hair. You just uh, look so yeah, cool, like right doing on. your Thanks, blasting man. and the yeah, extent yeah. of <laughs> the extent of odious theatrics was putting fans in front. Yeah, of I just had like a big odious <laughs> fan. Yeah, I'll just be up here. <laughs> I got exactly. that from, from from Eric Rutan. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> But I was just like playing and it was kind of it keeps it out of your face too. So you're thank like, God. Yeah. Cause you, you're not, dude, you when know. I had like even like a stint of like longer hair than this when I was younger, I'll yeah. play something at any break, just ah, uh, like, <laughs> like, cause I had a split down the middle. And, just, uh, and then yeah. I started wearing beanie visors and I was like, all right, game over. Bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beanie visors. Awesome. Dude. <laughs> um, I remember going to the Harvest Wombs uh, CD release show. Which I think was at like kind of like a practice space type venue, and I showed up a little late. It was in like Walnut Creek area or somewhere out there. Yeah, Red House, yeah. the Red House in Walnut Creek. Oh, the Red, Red House. House. Yeah. I love the yeah. Red House. The places, I loved it. It's gone. I, that now, right? was that was literally our hometown venue because I'm just nine miles down the road from from there. Oh, nice. And, yeah. Uh, that was, man, we we were all like in that vicinity just south of the Red House. So anytime a Red House show came up that we were going to play, it was always like yes, like we know, like a ton of people are going to come out every time and we're near like our favorite places to eat. Like Red House was just such a, such a, such a cool spot, but yeah, it was a practice space too. And you could technically record there as well, I think, or something like that. You could do lessons, but um, they unfortunately had to uh, Close, pack it up. Right? Yeah. 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 I heard about that. They had actually, I remember I saw like maybe two shows there and I remember mm-hmm. like, the sound was fucking good. I remember. It's not I remember, bad. It was yeah, I remember really like, not bad. For, like for like a, a random venue. I'm like, I'm going to Walnut Creek for a show. I was living in, I think I was living in Sacramento at the time and uh, went to a fucking Red House show. I'm like, never heard of this venue. I'll check it out. And was like, heard everything perfectly. It was fucking packed. Like it was like a, it was like an underground death metal show. Uh, I forget what fucking show it was. I think Ar- archaic maybe. I, don't, I have no idea, but um, I would be surprised, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It was fucking great though, man. I was actually really looking forward to, uh, they closed during the pandemic or I think it was right before the pandemic okay. or something like that. Yeah. It was the, the beginning of the uh, the sad closure posts that you would see during the pandemic. It's like, yeah. oh, Sims is gone. Well, all the all these places just you know going under. It's, it was one of the tougher ones to hit. Mm. Yeah, and I remember yeah. wanting to like meet you guys at the show, but like when I got to the door, like no one was like at the door to you know have me stamp people ticket stamp, or whatever. Did you just, yeah. just walk so I just like fucking walked in. <laughs> I was like for a little while I was gonna like try to find who to pay and then I realized like you know if I don't do that then I'm here for free or whatever. Then you're here and, for free and you don't gotta pay no what 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 was the expensive door probably like ten bucks. Ten bucks, bucks yeah. twelve buck maybe but then I'm also like I buy a shirt like, then you're gonna buy a shirt buy any merch yeah yeah <laughs> give it to the bands don't give it to the club dude yeah good, I know good times man Good, I should have. I should have bought a shirt. I ended up getting a shirt. <laughs> Joseph's admitting he didn't buy shit that whole night. <laughs> I bought a shirt at the uh, when you guys played the atrium. I got an assemblage of Wolf's shirt, and I okay, okay, still have yeah. it. Actually, it's a cut off now. So that's cut off now, yeah. dude. A lot of a lot of Fallujah like Harvest Wombs merchandise is tattered. I, it, well, <laughs> tattered, but if you have a decently good condition shirt or a vinyl or something like that, it's probably worth a few. 
few few good smackaronis, man. Probably yeah. few, probably a couple hundred bucks now because it's nice. it's aged like we're at the ten year mark now, so it's like been aging Damn. properly, you know. Yeah, I didn't so realize keep, it was already <laughs> nostalgia market or like kind of secondhand. I think for, I for think so. I think jam. so for sure. Yeah, yeah. Era. Yeah, well, yeah I was yeah. talking on the on the Copper Crab when I did the Copper Crab podcast about mm-hmm. how people will put like there's I, th- I forget who it was my one of my like hardcore death metal friends like bought a immolation shirt and they're like oh yeah i got it for 500 like what the fuck yeah, you bought a, like, a shirt for 500 but like, there's these shirts out there that people will like if it's like old enough and it's like only ha- you know it was like one round or one printing was done people there's people out there that'll just throw money at this shit and just buy these shirts like even odious shirts that i saw an odious one like one of the first devouring ones we had it was on like ebay for like 200 dollars. so i was like it's pretty well, mind-blowing so I have like three, four in my fucking closet. <laughs> I have a, <laughs> I have a in my garage right now, dude. I, I got six hundred dollars in my closet, dude. Fuck yeah! But no, that's crazy. That's like an actual. It. It's like a collector's, you know, market of like that's these me, underground dude. death metal shirts. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna. I was gonna do a shout out right now, real quick, uh, to Joe Potenti. He's a dude. He's got a place in. Uh, where is the fucking? I wanted to pull it up hella quick, but it. Okay, so merch. Menager, see, I'm M E N A G E R I E Menagerie, Menagerie. Okay, Menagerie. Menagerie. Yeah, that is somewhere in fucking California, dude. So what is it? What is what is the purpose it's, of it? It's though? it's vintage fucking toys okay. and, and shit like that. Where all the shirts that he has on the wall are all like, you know, vintage, rare, fucking finds and and he uh i was just trying to tie that into that that he's it's enough to where this dude's got a storefront you know it's in fremont all that that type of shit it's in fremont there's definitely fremont no he's from hayward but it's not fucking whatever it's in that area yeah that's crazy i'm I'm looking at it right now he has an actual store you can walk in actual store you can walk into dude and he's got fucking random toys and and collector items and 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 band shirts and shit like that there's yeah, also wonder, yeah go ahead, go, go ahead. Uh, in in vegas there's also is it like metal blade like has like a store mm, and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you heard about that yeah yes. i tried to stop by when i was in vegas i didn't make it yeah. but it's like in a uh little like antique shopping mall there's just like a metal blade like antique store yeah. <laughs> just like metal blade vinyl and fucking rare yeah. more more rare more on the rare side metal blade items but obviously they still had them yeah you know if it's metal blades running it they're like here's some of our more rare items which sounds like just the shit that's like the least amount of inventory that they got the warehouse it's rare because it's left over (laughs) 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 and no one will buy it (laughs) we can only hope dude that all our smalls and triple xls will get sold in 20 years (laughs) But I guess if you got like three rare Cannibal Corpse vinyls left in your warehouse and you realize on Discogs they're going for like $75 each, they're like, fuck that, dude. I'm not going to sell them for the face value. We'll open up a fucking Metal Blade uh, retro store or rare store at the $75 each. (laughs) Whenever I buy a shirt, I kind of hope like I justify it by saying, oh, it'll be worth $125 and... 10 years in, or something 15 years i mean when i'm <laughs> 70 yeah. then you tear the holes in the armpits and then the stains are there always and then you're like fuck dude who's gonna buy this now but they still fucking do i guess i justify it as like whatever i bought that shirt that'll be a good rag in like 10 years something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well i said bryce uh has re 
worked some of my old band shirts into like tank tops and shit and sold them and chicks buy that. Yeah, shit. I've been seeing some girls doing that where they actually make like really cool. They'll take like because I mean, sometimes like a band will only have like an XL or, or something and they're like a small or something and they'll take it and they'll like they'll tatter the back or something and make it actually like a there's a some cool people looking out there like some... designed dress out totally. of like the t-shirt like... if it's big exactly. enough or something yeah Super exactly. i also thought that was like really like, really creative damn. yeah yeah that's cool i wish there was something like that for for i guess there is for guys you i mean there's like I, I bought like a double or triple xl one time and i was trying to like slim it down by like cutting the, I, I failed miserably at it and realized like I need a sewing machine. I need like all these things. It's not just going to be like yeah. some quick fix. Like, you know what I mean? Even just like I was going to a psycho fest this year and I was like, I had a couple shirts that were too big for me. And I was like, I need to make some tank tops because it's going to be a fucking 110 degrees out there in Vegas. So I was like, might as well just like watch a YouTube video on how to turn it into a fucking tank top. And I just failed. And you like, hacked it so measure like so bad. <laughs> I literally had to get like how I did it was I literally got like a thread, a de-threader, and I just took off the sleeves. It was like with with threads. Yeah. And that's like the, as best as I could do. Like there's some people that like cut these shirts and I'm like, how the fuck? Like so my cut sleeveless. Yeah. But yeah. my cuts were just I wanted to like cut it like right up here though, not like at the sleeve, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just failed. I'm just not, you know, I can't cut stuff. I can't draw. <laughs> I can't. I can't like in fucking the old like project. No, man, you play, you play, no, you can't do anything, man. You play in death metal. That's what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> I could just carve on walls because I'm a fucking caveman. Yeah, <laughs> anyone can do that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, man. So Harvest Wombs era, you guys move into doing Nomadic, which is for me that's the fucking gem, dude. That's the okay. one. Okay, okay. I'm glad those, you like those, man. Those, yeah. The two songs, the two death metal songs on the are the best two tech death songs we to, yeah we were calling song. nomadic like the bridging the gap um ep because with harvest wombs we were like right on the cusp of of like sounding the way we wanted to sound and um just having those two nomadic songs alone not not just for live purpose sake for like a couple extra songs that sounded really cool and they're are at that time our most uh, modern version of us kind of thing, you know, but that's what helped us bridge the gap into making both flesh prevails. And then eventually um, the dreamless album, we wanted to embrace the, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the synthesizers and like the ambient elements that, um, you know, maybe some other bands out there were trying to do the same, but maybe it wasn't as impactful or tasteful or as they would have hoped for, you know, um, I miss playing Venom Upon the Blade um, and the Dead Sea. And I'm, I'm going to see if I can't like try to relearn those at some point too. Um, Cause those were super, super just like, they were just awe inspiring songs. Like, I mean, I even remember bringing, I mean, I even remember bringing those songs with us to Europe to play, um, the second time that we went went to Europe, we were actually uh, supporting Dying Fetus and uh, Goat Horror and uh, and Malevolence, and we played those songs uh, on on that tour. And people just they like blew their minds. And I remember, like, man, I remember, like, I, I know why we're I don't know. Just you never you ever you ever you ever those revelations where you're like I like this this feels right. Like I'm glad we're doing this. Like this feels good to play these songs or something. You know? Yeah. These so. are thoughts as you're playing. Yeah. As I'm playing, I was yeah, like, yeah. This, this is, this feels right, right about, now. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's that we've talked about that before. It's when you know that you've, you've all connected on this one little thing. You're all like one unit 
and it's all working and it all just feels so right. And it's right. the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that that's the heroin of us, dude. That's what we chase the whole fucking time we're doing. That's this, the, dude. that's the weed smoking that your doctor's asking about moment <laughs> yeah. of the, of the whole that's band, that, right? That's like, that high we're fucking chasing, yeah. dude. It is because when you're there, it's like, it's, or is it like, you know, it's just like a surfer on a wave, like catching the perfect wave. You don't really, everything's flowing. It just flows think, really yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not struggling anymore, you know. Yeah, shaka, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean the 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 drum, the orchestration of the drums on that on those on those songs were really really interesting to me. And I don't know. I think you guys just really took it up a notch. And um, there's a question here from Brent Eastwood. He's like, I just wonder how they managed to incorporate ambient slash soundtracks type motifs into their music so well. A lot of their bands try it and it usually ends up cheesy, but Fallujah does it so well. That's just might be a good segue into getting Scott Carthers on your podcast for that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't I know. We, Scott. All right. Yeah. Like, man, I know, I know when we were making, so bands take influences from like everything they're really into, you know, culture of some sorts, gaming books, movies for sure is a big one. Um, or maybe specific moments while under uh, some sort of uh, usage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. But uh, I Substance know of sorts. Uh, so, yeah, something, you know. Uh, but I know that we, when we were doing, we were, when we were making Nomadic, I know that. Okay, we're we're a bunch of like Scott and I for sure, um, and 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 do part like Rob Maramonti at the time. And Alex, uh, but we loved Halo. <laughs> so nice. Um, a few songs growing up, and the 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 from that EP and the albums after we wrote around moments we saw in like the Halo games, um, specific movies. So Blade Runner is obviously like a really big one. Um, Lord of the Rings was enormous for our band, and we felt like as far as like a writing process goes with the ambient elements, we we love those moments in the movies where there's tons of like epic panning landscape shots and the music to back it up sort of thing. And that's kind of, I think uh, a key element to how Fallujah wrote a lot of our material, even into today is, is trying to envision our music sort of like that. Um, And again, if you get Scott Carstairs on the podcast, I know he'll give you um, probably some much better detail on that sort of, like writing technique or sense of imagination really, you know? Um, but that's kind of where we got our influences from. We're just like Blade Runner and then uh, Hans Zimmern, like soundtracks and okay. orchestral um, pieces, like uh, stuff from gaming, of course. And um, we, like, even though there were a lot of like really, really awesome prominent metal bands back then at the time that we were making all this uh, music, we, I know we tried not to like, take too many bits and pieces from these bands and then uh you know to try and avoid the whole like you sound like this band or you sound like that i don't think any band's ever really gonna avoid that or dodge that but i know we tried to get our resources from other places and then see if we couldn't throw it into something you know but then you know i know casey's not here at the moment but we still like even at that moment in time too we still listen to the shit out of uh necrophagist and and decrepit birth and dying fetus and um, faceless. And so it makes sense that people at that time to make connections to us sounding like those related bands. 
So no one knows. Like uh, we we like 2008 was when you graduated. Graduated. Yeah, 2008. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's like right. right. Cryptic came out in 2007. Serval 2008. And I was super into the shit that was coming out when I was a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was balls deep as a senior in high school. (laughs) I definitely hear the the like the influence in Fallujah, like because I I go through these periods where I listen to a bunch of soundtracks and movies and stuff like that. And the kind of like it brings like emotion just from, you know, it's very mellow, but it, it starts getting you all pumped up or sad or like it really like to mix that into to death metal is like such a cool move. Like, yeah, if you can do it. If you can execute it correctly, like you guys have done, it does like your stuff's very moody. It's not very I mean, it like most death metal bands are like, OK, whatever, like all the time, like crazy, crazy, Speed, crazy, fast, heavy, fast, death, exactly. All consuming. Yeah, we exactly. <laughs> and there's nothing like, wrong with any of that at all. But I totally I can I think I'm, I think I'm picking up what you're trying to say, where like the music was very complimentary to the ambient elements in a, in a way that it felt like it was not just emotionally charged, but it had uh, a story to tell a story to tell. I, I, I always said like our, our music like with the ambient elements and stuff gave gave the metal some body like 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 uh made it sound a lot more full um because now we have other um more defining aspects that just made the music just flat out sound really beautiful like not just like in a measure a measure of just being heavy but it's like dude this is actually like a good sounding song because there's of there's like a direction that you get out of this like it makes you feel a certain way too and totally. clearly it's fast and super like like forward charging but um yeah I think, but that I think comes the, in as like a compliment to everything else that's exactly. not just like yeah that's not the the main like the main thing you guys are going for you guys are going for yeah. like a, a journey of like you know ups and downs and exactly brutal and yeah yeah i definitely mm-hmm. like like I, I just drove to uh a guitar showcase before the podcast and back from Santa Cruz and listened to nonstop Fallujah just to kind of like kind of it's been get reacquainted yeah yeah it's been about a year or something since I've like gone through a Fallujah phase and I was like fuck like it was just basically it was a journey going you know Highway 17 going to Santa Cruz like it's a kind of a journey dude it's like a kind of a mm-hmm. scary mm-hmm. highway mm-hmm. and people are driving mm-hmm. like crazy it's rush hour and uh it was actually <laughs> kind of like a perfect kind of mix of just like listening to Fallujah's like ups and downs and brutal and everything like with the fucking banana shit I was dealing with the drivers on fucking highway 17. Like <laughs> I'm trying to like basically stay alive. <laughs> like, right. Right. You know what I mean? It was fucking actually yeah, going through the hills and stuff like that. It was fucking just had a really cool visual to the, the audio landscape. You guys were, you guys were bringing, I was like kind of getting the chills a couple times. I was like, fuck, this is like, like I said, with the soundtrack, it like it's painting something for me that I'm like, yeah, like yeah. a story is like kind of being told to you, right? Yeah, yeah. If I could, if I could read a story, I would fucking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 but no, no, I definitely like the. It's definitely unique, man. It's it's definitely been, you know, one of those bands that takes you. It's not just like like I said earlier. It's not just going to be brutality. It's going to take you on a, a a journey, and I can't wait to. I mean, I guess we can maybe segue into this. Like, what are you guys working on right now? We 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 we're we're on to the mixing and the mastering part of oh, album five right now. Actually, um, nice. I think I recorded drums. Yeah, I'd say about a month ago. Um, we this will be our f- third album that we recorded with uh, Mark Lewis, um, ex oh, Audio nice. Hammer, Austin. And, um, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just really excited because uh, we you know with I think with COVID happening and. Uh, more time in isolation. We're not touring. Uh, 
kind of gave us this whole like it definitely gave Scott for sure like a, a major sense of inspiration to be like, dude, I I want to come back after like this 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 isolation and and definitely for the last album too and come back with some like ferociously good good material not so much as like a return to older older styles of like Fallujah but um a better well-suited blend and we're just really excited we we I don't know Scott when when I hung out with Scott and Mark uh for that week that I was recording the drums I was just like man I'm ready for some I'm just like ready for like a brand new batch of just new songs and we were even like man we want to play like our sets next year because we are going to tour next year at some point we're just like man we want to play like mostly new songs like on yeah on our next like first few tours and i think these songs we made are going to be astounding and definitely some of the like some of the most like bogusly just just stupid good drums i think i've recorded like ever like i, I don't like i don't even it's, it's just crazy, man. We're really excited. It's, it's going to be really, really cool. We're going to have like some special guests on there for some solo stuff too. And um, it's been a long time coming. We took extra time to write this album too. Um, no, no rushed processes whatsoever. And and thankfully time was on our side because of COVID and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going through mixing and mastering right now. And um, yeah, Scott, Scott's like the writing uh, mastermind behind all Fallujah material right now. So when an album is being written, it's basically him like writing not all of it, but nearly everything for well over a year. So um, we're at that whole like, dude, you're like almost pretty much done. There's just like things that are out of control now, out of your control that people have to do for you. So now it's just kind of like a waiting game. And then and then we can kind of go from there. But yeah, you can you can definitely expect an album five from us next year, like for sure. Fuck yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. And uh, shout out to a uh, Scott Carstairs uh, podcast. I've been watching or as a uh, live Twitch streaming. I've actually been uh, mm-hmm. tuning in and, and watching. It's actually fucking fun to watch. Like I usually don't watch Twitch. I'm, I downloaded Twitch for a friend and then Scott's another one that I watch every now and then. And then that's about it. That's like basically I, I downloaded it for a between the barrier to me live thing during COVID. They do mm-hmm. Twitch. Shout like, out live. to Max from Anomalous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually, uh, he, Max he's was the reason why I signed up to Twitch. Totally, okay. no. That this Max was on our podcast, and then the next day he did C- Scott Carstairs, and I watched that, and it was like, dude, I'm like fully entertained with like his full like how he jams to things, and like will randomly like you know just fields questions and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. actually a really cool fucking podcast, man. I really or a Twitch or whatever you call it. Stream, <laughs> stream, stream. Well, speaking of podcast, it is a fucking vlog. This is where, and and I, I because I'm I'm part of like, so I've been on Twitch. I've been streaming on Twitch actually for about a year and a half now, um, and there's definitely a period of time like pre COVID where like musicians were established on the platform, kind of are using it to their advantage and making their own content and stuff. And then when COVID happened, a lot of musicians actually went to Twitch, uh, the Twitch platform Mm -hmm. to continue to um, forward press like their material and played songs for their bands and then like uh, play over other, other bands and just staying busy. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a, it's a lot more intimate way of like hanging out and watching some of your favorite musicians on the platform, you know, or even sometimes seeing full bands having their own band Twitch channel and, and performing like whole sets live for you or something like that. So um, Twitch is insane and it's really cool. And it's been like 
it's just been a blessing. Like honestly, a blessing in disguise for it's a trip to me Scott to think yeah. about um just our adaptation as a species, you know, something like that happens. We have to move to the internet and uh, but we have such a, a like a, a thirst to like interact with other humans that to absorb yeah can continue figuring out how we can do it through the means that we that's available at mm-hmm. the time it's just your fucking computer in front of you you know so the interaction and how that's evolved over the last couple of years or so you know it actually is tripping me out a little bit in a good way like no matter what we're gonna figure out a way to stay connected you know people want accessibility man People, people want the accessibility and um, it's interesting to, to people out there to see what their favorite artist or their favorite athlete or something, what their behind the scenes are like, how they are, uh, you know, uh, in a more uh, personal or intimate uh, environment, you know, and that can actually do wonders for a band's progression, like in, in the industry or, or whatever it is that the band's trying to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, Good to hear that you're on Twitch because there's there's like way more homies on there than you might realize. <laughs> should we just be, well, should we do this on Twitch simultaneously? Is I, that is that a I, thing we could do? That's kind of why I asked Casey Howard. I was like, are you are you going to be live streaming this? Because might be it might be another next level step for for the podcast. Honestly, I mean, you know? we did we have you you dabbled in live. Twitch? No, I'm not saying that. I'm <laughs> just saying that that's a medium that we should be. No, we can. Uh, once Eventually, we get, once we get yeah. the live thing going, we can stream on multiple platforms at once. You can do and that exactly. Do like yeah. Facebook. Yeah, we've we've dabbled YouTube in live stuff. Uh, we're How like we're gonna we do it. We we like tried live a few times, but um, we need to like figure it out and kind of like we've been kind of just focusing more just on doing episodes and kind of like yeah doing our own thing yeah. and like writing well we'll talk about that later anyways yep. so yeah, yeah doing other things musically and so like but we should we, maybe in this next year we'll figure all that out you know we gotta shit i think it'd be good honestly you're yeah. like uh because there was a lot of time on people's hands when covid like just started and we were all staying inside i actually took a a stream coaches academy program um back in like march april of 2020 and um you're technically your approach you're doing right now where you're doing episodes on youtube can help to push the potentiality of a twitch channel you may have in the future because you are mm-hmm. going to have two different locations of mm-hmm. feasible content for people to look into like you've already got a youtube channel right with with tons of content and videos and stuff that's yeah. going to probably be great um and like the long run when you make a twitch channel and you stream live and you do um Mm -hmm. live podcast session or live episode yada yada with so and so from this band or this agency or this business or whoever you know so Mm -hmm. um taking this approach where you're doing youtube videos first is still still very very good yeah Yeah. dude and i mean we we try and avoid the editing as much as possible we really don't do Mm -hmm. it so it's like keep it authentic it could be live anyways you know it's like (laughs) Yeah, it's funny though. Sorry. Even though, no, it's cool, man. Even though it's been a year, like I still feel like we're kind of infant. Like, like we're only at episode fifty-six. You know, it's like it's still a lot, man. Still a lot of episodes. Yeah, it's awesome. No, we're super into it. But yeah, it's like, like a lot of people. Like I feel like oh, they have like hundreds of episodes and stuff, and it's like, so. But I guess ours were longer. I don't know. Whatever. It's just. uh, I guess we're ready to. I guess it's time for just try new stuff, man. I mean, I'm. 
super happy doing this and we, we all love it. We, we love having people like you on and just, you know, it's fun. I was going to yeah. say, I, ch I checked out the YouTube channel probably uh, a week and a half ago and I, I tuned into the team young uh, oh, episode so that you cool, had. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I, I toured with them technically once um, for, for summer slaughter, summer slaughter, 20, nice. 2014. Yeah. When he was nice. uh, filling in for morbid angel. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tim's Tim's a cool guy, really really cool drummer. Super cool dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I had, a, I had nice so guy. much fun in that episode, dude. Yeah. Shout out Tim. Get Shout your Tim. bingo cards out. Shout out Tim, previous guest. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, by the way, so that bingo thing that someone made is so funny, dude. Oh, oh yeah, dude, that oh, made me laugh God. so hard, dude. So and great. I have no idea who made it, but it it just makes me Joseph, feel can good. Can you share that, like, that? Yeah, pull that dude. up for anybody oh, who made that. So uh, I'll grab it. If we I have no idea, dude. Android. I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be say that I was being like, I was snooping around to see if there's any like hype on the podcast. If you just Google Cali death podcast, cause I don't really do that shit, but I was like, you know what? Let's see if anybody's talking about it, whatever. And fucking I'm scrolling down and I see this image of this dude. Dude. And I was like, Whoa. Wait, what? Someone made this. This is not us who made this. Okay. So obviously yeah. a listener dude because they know some deep deep cuts dude <laughs> so, it's so good this bingo baker what is this like a site where you make bingo cards like, uh, yeah i guess hilarious dude, dude. yeah so, so we've already had the, uh, orally imitating drum noises tonight already we've yeah. already had a shout out to previous yep. guests we've already and i saw a white claw i think anthony just opened one i, yeah. I um, probably forgot something uh, i am smoking weed we definitely am, or, we've already done tour stories um <laughs> Random tangent. Oh, that's like the whole thing. We've avoided Bungle, thank God. And David Obscure Lynch, science God. or philosophical reference that could have been in the earlier stuff when we were I talking think so. about the yeah. So, Exuberant praise of guest is my favorite. Oh yeah, that's super <laughs> favorite yeah, circle or square for sure. For the audio listeners, uh, we're check so out the YouTube video that. for this. And if you need to search it, how do you find it? You just you just I, I don't know, dude. I just googled Cali. Well, podcast Joseph just did. Just so, what did you do, Joseph, to find it? Just All you gotta do is Cali Death Podcast right Bingo. Yeah, Cali Death about, Podcast Bingo. Wait, what's what? Who's yeah, talking? Do that. Cali, Cali Death Podcast Bingo. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, either that or I was just gonna say, whip out your phone and fucking take a picture of your TV, right or make now. your own bingo and share it with us. <laughs> I want to see all the bingo. Make your own. <laughs> Dude, that was so funny. Who yeah. made that? It was so uh, it's yeah, also Casey. You play bingo yeah. too. <laughs> it's all Casey silently nods for thirty minutes, like plus. <laughs> I was like, should I better chime in like every like so? Yeah, but I got uh, <laughs> Anthony mispronounces something. I yeah. Do that. Uh, yeah. time. I, I literally <laughs> thought about saying, Hey, is your name uh Tim Smollins or Smollins? That started that was like 10 seconds into the episode. Well, it was funny because we were talking about it like a stratosphere, but we, we always call it a stratosphere, but I realized it's a stratosphere. And like oh my god, stratosphere. Strad. And so like we were just like, nah, it's a stratosphere. Sorry. Like we we've known <laughs> you guys. Stratosphere. For Sorry. <laughs> I mean, Andrew said, uh, how did you, you said necrophagus, there's necrophagus and nec necrophagist. There's like, necrophagist. there's, there's, I've, I've heard some necrophagist. Say, yeah. I grew up yeah, saying that's, necrophagist. That's the way you say it. That's the way I talk. Cause I toured with them. That's the way you're supposed the, to say right. it. It was necrophagist. When I was, when I was like extra, extra newbie, young, young, we lab metal whippersnapper. Uh, I thought it was necrophagist. <laughs> necrophagist yeah. or oh, I've like heard that, that so. one too. Me too. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah but yeah. isn't it necrophagia? Like, wouldn't it, it wouldn't be necrophagia. No, it's necrophagist. It may be But I mean, like the word phagia, though. right? Or something. Isn't oh, phag. Like, yeah. And that's, that's the way you know Muhammad I mean? said. Like, He's all, I don't mm -hmm. care, but it's necro. It's necrophagist. 
but you know but that also could be the german <laughs> dialect with them you know you have the no crawfages idea. Necro, is the best necrophages just sounds i don't know maybe because that's the first yeah. way i said it as a Dude, kid it's just, mm-hmm. just sounds, i had this old pleasing friend. to the ears i had this old friend who like i don't know if he like purposely like mispronounced stuff all the time but he, it was like early 2000s he's like hey you should go to la dude origin is playing Origin, dude. <laughs> i'm like dude come on man like it's origin bro origin like, origin, origin? Like, origin that's a first <laughs> i recently i recently just did the the good. That nothing's for not uh podcast thing on a yeah. weekend kind of recently and uh i was talking about when i was a kid i literally thought it was fucking male violent creation <laughs> oh my God. One. i was like just saw nothing, male, like, nothing's for no one <laughs> nothing's for and no you one just butchered their name it's nothing's for no one yeah. <laughs> fuck see so i was i was trying to like voice text these dudes like about the podcast and i was like yeah he's in haiti turtle like we're talking about chasing like he played in haiti turtle and it just like mm-hmm. it just comes out as like haiti male violent turtle <laughs> Haiti turtle like, like Haiti like a turtle from <laughs> Haiti you know Haiti turtle so that's oh my you know. god god we could have used yeah. that on tour with I bet there, there are turtles in Haiti right I think so they like I'm pretty sure there's gotta be yeah 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 there's gotta be it's tropical the Haiti turtles uh, dude. waters there and they probably swim to Florida too <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. So I wanted to ask Andrew about what you're streaming uh these days. Are you streaming drums? Are you streaming uh it's like uh I'm doing like a mixture, a mixture of things right now. Um the, the terminology a lot of people use on Twitch is they call themselves variety streamers. And um so I I my schedule's been a bit scattered lately because it's just been having so many things like take place in my life, but um, I'll typically do a drum stream of sorts, uh, once a week, like most cases on Tuesdays. Um, and then I'll have like a just gaming, like Twitch stream, uh, like just, just, I call it cozy hours or nomadic hours just to play like a solo game or something. And I'll, I've been, I've been veering more into doing like community gaming with, um, we call it community, the Caldera. Uh, so, uh, community nights with like the Caldera. So I'll, I'll play like anything from like apex legends with a few friends to like some split gate. We have uh halo infinite is dropping on December 8th and you'll be able to play like big team battle with like eight people. And, um, that will be like a major community game for the channel. So I'll be able to play with like a lot more people at the same time and just be more interactive that way. But I'll do, I'll typically do like one drum stream a week. I'll do one game stream a week. And then, um, kind of like a blend of the two, like like a big longer stream, six or seven hours even. First couple hours is like, hey, I'm just gonna play some metal songs I know, and and rip some drums, and then take a breather for a sec, and then I'm just gonna move into some uh, games and just talk to the homie, talk to the homies and stuff. So I'll I'll do that, and then um, I will have these uh, these mental health discussions on my channel mm-hmm. now oh, too. Cool. Um, I've been kind of doing them since I started. And, um, every topic's kind of been, uh, jumping between hey, life, uh, like how, how to, you know, this next one's going to be about, uh, grief and depression, grief and loss sort of thing. At some point we all end up going through this or something involving ADD or, um, family dynamics, uh, versus your own expectations, like just, um, like deep thought sort of discussionary things. And sometimes I'll have a couple of guests on that are within my community or some other neighboring streamers who want to want to collab on this sort of thing. And we'll keep it pretty, we'll keep it like pretty, uh, we'll keep it safe. Cause you know, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, anyone feel like they're experiencing trauma from talking about such heavy subjects, you know? So um, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm very, I forgot what the, what, what's the word called? 
I, I'm an, I, I like to consider myself a mental health advocate because yeah, one of the first things of me getting into metal, obviously, like, like I told you, was I, I lost a mother figure. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of born into a later um, generation of my family. So I don't have my grandparents anymore. I don't have a lot of aunts and uncles anymore. Um, and then I'm also neurodivergent. You know, um, I also uh, had to battle cancer back in 2012. I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah. About so, that, that battle. I mean, that was. I mean, obviously the elephant in the room and, and that stuff basically we all heard about on the news or the metal news and stuff about how you mm-hmm. your struggle going through that and and basically how you came and now you're like fucking Mr. Buff, like sexy. Guy. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> and like, listen, you know, <laughs> I love I loved Hamburger Helper when I was done. OK, Hamburger Helper is my favorite. All right. Listen, I eat a lot. Can we get into that a little bit? Like, uh, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. So what, what year did uh, you get the diagnosis? Um, so I'll, I'll try and give you a little bit of a shorter story because the long one's totally. very, very, it's not, it's not like heavy, but it's, it's a lengthy one about yeah. um, the entire thing. And uh, I'm going to change the music in my headphones for this and not listen to ripping surreption <laughs> so I can get a little <laughs> in the mood. Oh, but, but, so put, put some Hans, music Hans on? on. I, I got, I got a little music in my headphones right now. Okay. Yeah. I, I do that too sometimes. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to calm the nerves. Um, so, so yeah. So in um, so in 2011, I uh, started noticing. Uh, at the time that I was in 2011, I was like, uh, we were touring a lot more in Fallujah. I was doing some. I was like, kind of going through some college at the time and doing uh, like, I was in Krav Maga or something like that for mm-hmm. like three or four years. And um, I remember one day. This was in September of 2011. I uh. Well, like I was about to go leave for Krav Maga one night um, and I just immediately started getting like a throbbing sensation around my groin, uh, specifically on my left testicle. And it kind of debilitated me. So I ended up not going to class and just like sitting on the couch and like icing my my nuts pretty much, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, oh, man. And I thought it was a a fitness injury that I got uh, from a previous Krav Maga session where I, I basically got soccer punched in the nuts mm-hmm. uh, and it was the day I didn't wear a cup either. <laughs> like oh, my, my, my dumb ass, you know, but um, so I thought it was something like that. Um, but as, as the months went on, mm-hmm. uh, my testicles started growing in size and it was a, it was a, a mass, like it was a very solid dealing with pain during those months. So too? that was, that was kind of what was scaring me was I had no pain after that throbbing episode. Mm-hmm. And I even, I was still like going to college. I did a few shows with Fallujah, um, just, just being myself and stuff and, um, still in the fitness. And I even went on tour with it too. Um, it didn't go away for, for any reason whatsoever. I just, for some reason had a larger testicle than my right one and no pain, no discomfort since then. albeit like it was more to pack into my, my, you know, my, uh, my groin protector for training cup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My cup. So, um, so enough was enough. I, I came back from a tour with, uh, Fallujah and Ageon. Uh, I fucking love that band so much. And, um, I still had it. And this was January. And I was like, this is like absolutely ridiculous. Like something's up. I just got like brand new, uh, health insurance at the time. And, um, I was going to Kaiser and Walnut Creek. So, I, I just took a chance and was like, I just needed to like suck my pride up or my ego in this case and, and just see a doctor. Cause everything else about me felt great. Like I was really healthy and I felt fit and, um, loads of energy and I'm touring, you know, like just life, life felt good at that time. And, 
um yeah i went into the i went to the doctors got a checkup the doctor was like that's pretty it's pretty large man like let's go um i forgot the device what's that device called where they put it in your ear and they check the inside of your ear with the light on and stuff oh uh, a stethoscope oh, no, 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 no 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 it's uh, something it, something like, oh, yeah yeah i forget what it's called but um his trick was he wrapped a bag around it like a see-through ziploc bag shine a light through and he's like all right so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna shine this device um underneath the testicle and the goal is if light shines through it's probably an injury and hopefully some loose liquids that we could just clear you right up with like some shots and some fluids and some antibiotics no big deal he's like if the light does not shine through though that might be uh some cause for concern a mass or something yeah yeah so um he did that and no no light shine through the other side yeah so uh got taken downstairs, had some x-rays taken of me, um, sent me home. And I then on my way home, actually, I got a call from my, uh, at that time, my, my new urologist saying, um, I have some form of testicular cancer of some kind. And I, uh, couldn't, I couldn't fathom the news like at all. I was, yeah, I was that's actually kind of one of yeah. the questions I want to ask, like, what's the first how does the you know, like a human brain take that kind of because obviously none of us have had to deal with that. You're how in does the, car the human driving? Too. Yeah. How do you like? I mean, what what's your first reaction? How does your your body? How's your mind react? How how does it all go down? I I was sh- like shock is a word for sure, um, but I uh, I I couldn't speak because I was just thinking of the word cancer just like in my head because I know um, I, at the time I had another. A uh, close relative of mine um, who had it. They've they've been going through ovarian cancer, um, and mm-hmm. um, I, I've seen what it does to them. You know, so just the word cancer alone was like, oh no! Like from that, like the knowledge of the word cancer in your head rolling through your mind. Like, uh, I think just in that moment changed like perspective on life. And I, I don't want to sound like cliche or, or phony or, or like, this is a little weird or something like that. But like at that moment in time, when they told me I have, um, and they even said like, you're, you're potentially a stage two, uh, testicular cancer. The first um, call, the first call you got, they said that they said that they're like, we, yes. we don't have any good news really. We're unfortunately sorry to tell you, but we, we know you have testicular cancer and we believe it might be stage two Damn. testicular cancer. That's so, what I was going to ask you. Like one of the things that was like the denial, was there any denial going? Cause you're, I'm young, I'm doing this, blah, blah. I'm there healthy. was. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so those was those reasons for sure. I, I was yeah. like, like, uh, and this is, this is my, this is my unaffiliated, uneducated mind coming in and saying, um, and this is, you know, this, this is really, uh, damaging and harmful of me to say now, but, uh, I was like, isn't cancer for people who are just like not healthy, like mm-hmm. who don't take care of themselves or something like that. Like and again, doing everything th- right. Again, the wrong things to be saying now, now that I've done so much information and self introspection about these sorts of things. But, um, at the time I was like, how, like, why, why am I the one, why do I have to have cancer? Like I, I thought I was doing pretty well. Like I, I, I feel great, you know, like, and I didn't even notice too, besides just the obvious larger than normal size, like testicle, you know? So, um, yeah, I remember getting out of my car, like in the driveway and, uh, my dad was just on the couch watching the game and I like walked in still, still like really dumbfounded. And then, um, 
Yeah, I just turned to him. I was like, Dad, I don't, I don't know how else to tell you this, but I've, yeah, I got cancer. And he turned yeah. the, he, he, he hit the mute button on the, on the remote for a bit. And he's just like staring just plainly into the wall. And he's like, are you sure about this? And I was like, I would never, and I started shedding a tear. Like I would never like, you know, I would never joke about something like that ever. Um, so, so that day from that point on, um, was pretty, uh, pretty life altering. Like I, yeah. I definitely like that same night I, I called my sister. I, uh, I called Scott, I called Alex too, uh, Alex Hoffman and, uh, like a couple close friends. And I was just like, I don't, I don't really know how to explain to you other than that. I just found that, that I have, I have cancer and I, and you know, and it didn't, yeah. Is one of those things where like in the moment you're like, what the fuck? Like, are you, how, you know? And then a day or two later, then you start getting the emotional whiplash. And, um, I definitely cried like the next day for sure. Wondering like the whole, what was me thing? And like, like, why am I the one to have to get this? And like, what's going to happen? Like, what's going to happen to my, like, my life's going to change. Like, am I going to be able to do anything I'm doing right now? Being a musician, being in Fallujah, getting the opportunity to try and tour, from here on out and, and make this musician lifestyle, like work for me, you know? Um, so how long was it until you knew what the next step was? How long were you sitting at home waiting for somebody to call you or some shit? So, so they, they were thankfully acting fast, like really fast. I, I, I think I got diagnosed. Um, and then not even two days later, I had a scheduled surgery booked, like just, just flat out. My urologist was like, um, you've been sitting on this for a little while now, which is why we, we are suspecting until we have results later, uh, stage two. So, um, we want to start right away and at least get the problem, the source of the problem out of you. So I had a surgery to remove the testicle, obviously. And it wasn't even, Mm. it was actually a really easy surgery and it was only an hour long. And, um, I didn't have pain for longer than like a day pretty much. So, um, and everything functions down there just fine still, but, uh, they thankfully, Dick took care of that, but then the bigger challenges ahead were, uh, the chemotherapy that I had to go through. And because I was a young dude, like super fit as I was back then, they were like, we're, you know, like, you're going to be fine. Like you're definitely not going to die, but, um, because you're a young dude and we know you're going to bounce back. Great. We're going to, we're going to unfortunately have to blast you like really hard with chemotherapy. Just, just clean your system out, uh, completely of any of the particulates that are in your, your, your system and your blood. Um, because my white blood cell count was like secretly high and I didn't know about it because it's starting to fight the infection, whatever this is, you know? Um, so yeah, I had to have, a lot of chemotherapy. Um, I had a couple surgeries after that too, because stage two meant it went from my groin to another location, uh, in my body. And that was my lymph nodes, my lymph nodes on my left side of my groin area. And then my back were enlarged too. And they said, that's partially because your system's trying to fight infection. But if you were to leave it, like if we didn't touch anything, um, then over time it can prove fatal because it's going to start pushing into vital organs and detaching from things. And, um, the doctors are like, we don't, we don't want to do that. Like we just, we're going to have chemotherapy first. We're hoping if the chemotherapy is good, it'll actually bring down the swelling in your lymph nodes. And we might actually not have to have the surgery. Um, 
And even though I went through the chemo pretty rigorously, um, the, the lymph nodes didn't, uh, shrink down the size. They actually grew in size more. Um, so I have a, uh, I have a surgical incision from my sternum down to my pubic bone, uh, because they had to open me up and cut out the lymph nodes that were enlarged. So I got a big yeah. scar like right here. And, um, it's I got that sm- invasive to get there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Cause well, they don't want to go through the back. They actually, the, your lymph nodes mm. and your groin areas mm. sit more towards your back, but invasive back surgery is kind of dangerous. And they're just like, mm-hmm. we don't want to make that risk. So we go up front and, uh, they, they said they like cut me open and they like literally push my organs out of the way, um, in like a bag. Sometimes we'll even take them out on a table to like separate them. So they'll have room to move and over. Um, and, but yeah, the, the surgery was a success at least. And then what happened after that was they said, unfortunately, there was still more, of the, uh, malignant, uh, cells in my system. So the most debilitating part of me battling cancer was after the surgery, not three weeks after I'm recovering, I had to take another huge chunk of chemotherapy Chemo. to, yeah. to, to quell it. And I, I, I want to say, you know, shout out to my doctors for, for, for being as knowledgeable and as skilled as they are in testicular cancer. Plus testicular cancer is one of the most um, common forms of cancer in men today. Like, so tons of research done. And, um, so thankful for all that, but I, I was actually suffering greatly more from the chemotherapy than the actual cancer. It was, it's just such a unique and like utterly debilitating feeling, uh, with chemo accumulates over time. You have to pee it out over time too. Um, they're chemicals. You, you feel your insides just getting like rearranged and like mm. spiky. And then obviously, you know, you're throwing up and you can't keep food down. You're losing hydration. I lost a lot of weight. I lost a lot of my hair. All this was like coming out in swaths. So I had to like cut everything. And, um, I got really, really weak. In fact, I, I even lost like 40 pounds, uh, from all of it because of the water retention I was losing. And then I couldn't keep any calories down, you know, from throwing up and stuff. So it was a, it was, it was a very, very eye opening experience, but, um, from January to September of 2012 was when I was battling cancer at the end of September. Um, when I finally finished everything and I was done, they're like, we're going to give you two weeks rest finally. And then we'll come in, we'll do some more, uh, CT scans and some blood work and check your pee and stuff. And if, if there's nothing in there, then you're in remission and then we're good to go. Okay. So, and then that's exactly what happened. So nothing was left after September and I could finally start working on, um, recovering, but the damage was like, so I had like neuropathy in my hands, especially my right arm, um, muscle atrophy because I had a blood clamp, uh, put on, uh, and properly during one of the surgeries I had and then chemotherapy, um, really wrecks your immune system. So my healing, like my body trying to heal from things was, um, almost non-existent. And then on top of that, I'm not getting nutrition because I'm throwing up everything. So mm-hmm. I just look like, I just look like a husk. I, I, I think I still got some pictures and that's just, it's just kind of terrifying to look at like how, so how gaunt, often you know, do you have to go back and, uh, get checked to make sure that everything stays. We're, we're down to a year now because, as, as time goes after you're finished, they want to check you like every few weeks, then it's like every month. Um, 
And then when you get to like a year away, it's like, uh, we'll check every two months and then every four months and then once every six months. And now I'm at the point where I'm just, I'm, I'm just checking once a year, you know? Nice, um, and then they suspect if it were to ever come back and it's, or it's, it's like the same cancer is going to come back. It might be uh, bron- uh, bronchial or just, lo- uh, it would, it would potentially come back in my lungs, not necessarily my other testicle, although that isn't te- technically like an unlikeliness that could happen maybe, but um, they're usually like, if you hit the 10 year mark and you haven't had any like reoccurring anything of any kind, you're probably going to be fine, you know? So, um, nice. so, so thankfully as of this last September, I'm, I'm nine months cancer free and um, yeah, just, it's just such an eye opening dude thanks man and thank you how do you how uh how are you with like because you're saying the immune system fucked with your healing how has that hap- happened how is your healing now is it back to what normally it would I, be or i think i like i think i was so fed up with having cancer and having to fight cancer at a, such a young age that when i i finally felt like i was at a place of um growth instead of recovery was when everything went the complete opposite direction. Like I was a, I was, I think I was in the gym like five days a week and trying to eat like 2000 calories and tons of hydration. I was getting my sleep. Like, um, I was pretty good about like not drinking for like a long time too. And, um, just my health bounced back. Second chance type deal. Yeah. Like I was, I was really angry with what cancer, um, did to me and then eventually like what what it took away from me because i knew there was no way of going back to a life that i had before cancer but Mm -hmm. i could take what i learned from being under the needle and under the knife and 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 going through such a a debilitating life journey that i could use that to my advantage now as a way to come back even better so I, i i was I was in this whole, like, after I beat cancer, I was like, I, I'm trying to fucking like transform. I just want to transform like, like not just physically, but like here now, um, like I want to give a shit about this now. Like I want to give a shit about this. Um, and, and, you know, I shouldn't be saying people out there have it a lot tougher than I did because it's true, but that doesn't necessarily mean I don't want to disregard my own feelings and my own experiences with cancer as well. So I I was like, I want to make sure I'm going to use this to the the best that I can, uh, from, from here on out with like the rest of my life, how I talk to people and uh, how I go on tour from now on and approaching music and just creativity. And when I get into my adulthood and, um, because, you know, you're not on, you're not on planet earth for like a long time. Mm -hmm. And, it sounds it's again it sounds a little little phony from like the movies and stuff but like i i shouldn't have to i shouldn't be trying to waste my time like you know because i was given a second chance kind of yeah. right so yeah take advantage well, of that. speaking of like of you know we heard like because you know cancer is such a, a prevalent thing in in society and all humans um mm-hmm. you kind of the the you kind of get desensitized especially someone who hasn't had it yet i mean you never know um to people saying battling cancer they go battling can't like what you said what you just like described to me was battling that was like well that was like to the you know it mm-hmm. gets desensitized that term of battling like oh you're really you have is. cancer mm-hmm. and you're just you're you know you have, you're sitting at home taking uh, you have no idea what that means until you hear someone tell you the actual full story of what they it's, actually had to go through from start yeah. to finish and and the and you know 
uh, differentiating levels of pain and 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 like despair and uh for sure but the same recurring emotions you experience in cancer is uh depression again uh anxiety uh hopelessness you feel like your face value has gone down because now you're having to battle uh fight a cancer instead of work on college or this 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 raise at your job working on a family something you know touring in a band you know what i'm saying and um just it's it's such an eye-opening experience and i can't begin to tell you like like the amount of pain chemotherapy and like surgery and all that like brings to the table when you have to do it for even even a guy like me only doing it from january to september uh was like unbearable like the pain was just it was it's so hard to explain it's so internal um even though uh, outwardly you you don't have like i'm not feeling pain and like like my joints like well i'm feeling pain in my joints but i'm feeling pain here and i'm feeling pain in my heart and like uh my head and but just at a level where like it's it's so hard to explain but you could see it in my face kind of kind of yeah, yeah. kind of thing you know um yeah, you can't like compare it to the flu or a bad something like that it's something completely different yeah it's it's yeah. something of its own and you know I tip my hats off to those who have to, who've been battling for a long time and maybe they're having uh, chemotherapy or radiation therapy for the sake of halting it, not necessarily getting better, but it's just to keep it at bay because they know there's no way to recover or be cancer-free anymore in their lives. You know, like, again, it was, it was was just a really eye-opening experience. And I don't know, ever since then, I just, I try not to ever use that as an excuse to, complain about life or things on the road or things at home. And cause you know, like, fuck man, that's like cancer is like the worst of the worst. Like one, one of the worst things that could never possibly happen to, to anybody really. Well, it has like, to bring things back in perspective to make everything that much. I mean, bes- you know, besides cancer, everything's that much easier now. You're like, you know, for what you went through, like all of our life gripes and all of our little things that we talk about, like, that's all just like noise now, you know, like yeah, after exactly. going through fucking something that hardcore, you're like, all right, yeah. well, yeah, it's like, oh, my girlfriend broke up, you know, something like that. It's like, dude, I mean, hey, hey, hold on. No, no, no. Girlfriend breaking up. It still sucks. Like, don't, so, don't, I mean, get, don't yeah, forget so, that. I mean, but like, <laughs> it, 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 as you get older, it sucks less. I'll just say that much. Yeah. Well, like you're now you're you're conditioned. Like you've been conditioned exactly. for, you've gone through, for you've gone through hardship, exactly. for pain, for, um, you know, uh, one of my favorite terminal uses of one of my favorite things to say to myself these days when things are really rough in life or something, I'm always like, uh, you know, uh, hope for the best, but uh, prepare for the worst. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. like, hey, I can hope for good things to happen, but in case they don't, I'm I could be as prepared as I can be for some bullshit to come our way. Yeah, you know don't put all your chips in on one thing. Like anything exactly. can happen. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I totally yeah. back that. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. for sharing that, man. Like my dad's going through it right now. He's on a like second run of it, and I'm so yeah, sorry, like, man. It's really, yeah. it's it's really, yeah. Thank you, and it's 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 really great for for you to share your story and it gives me insight too. just like when you talk about the, the, like the look on the face like i, I it's like a, wow, you could really... you can like oh, yeah. even if they don't show the pain outwardly mm-hmm. you could just see it in their eyes how yeah. much pain internally they're going through like it's it's such a yeah yeah i'm so sorry about that with with them man yeah hope he's hope he's gonna do okay yeah dude thanks yeah. No, and i appreciate you sharing your story and everything and that's really insightful and i'm glad you're doing well Thanks, man. Thank you. you Yeah. Yeah. So, Andrew, I'm curious. You had to switch from surreption 
to something else while you told us that. I want, <laughs> yeah, what I want to it? know what you were listening to. You ever, do you? We're all gamers here, right? Y'all, y'all a bunch of gamers. I, I, I game, I dabbled, little, yeah, but you yeah. dabble. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, there's a really cool, like, it's kind of scary, but it's just a cool exploration game called a uh, Subnautica. Um, mm. I think you would love the soundtrack. Because basically you get marooned on an ocean planet, like an alien ocean world. And you're trying Whoa. to you're trying to leave the planet safely. And it's like a builder game. But there's like a story to be told about the planet because you're like like the only human out here. But uh, apparently you start running into like an old maroon ship from like 40 years. Anyways, I can go on about this game because I love it so much. But it sounds um, awesome. The soundtrack is super ocean ocean vibey, like nautical. like like nautical, deep sounding Uh and again, probably very reminiscent to Fallujah. Like, just it—it it sounds so good. I'll even you're speaking I'll, to my pirate. Fucking I'll literally right send you. I will literally send you like. Uh, I'll share with you like a copy real quick in the in the side chat over here for y'all to, to listen yeah. to. It's just, it's it's really fast, but um, yeah. Whenever whenever I whenever I get into discussions with anything involving mental and emotional health and and you know past traumas and turmoil anything that has potential for triggers to happen like so trigger warning for everything um uh, i'd switch music and tone kind of thing because i i'm at an age now where i've listened to so much metal that i've i've been um branching out into other fields of music so lately it's been like future funk i've been listening to like i love nice. ambient stuff like um lo-fi is super cool and like your chill days and you're oh, just yeah. kind of loafing around yeah, the house yeah. and stuff you know so um now i'm like st strategically listening to certain genres of music for the situation because yeah when we're younger we're just like like metal 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 like yeah like i like like i'm going from my favorite band as are like dying all the way to all that remains and then now to beneath the massacre because that's all i listen to it's like no man <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Dude, dude i love bossa nova now i love jazz like i love like oh yeah like yeah. lo-fi i'm listening to video game lo-fi right now honestly <laughs> i'm listening to the song you just sent it's fucking it's mellow dude it's just so wait, it's, i yeah. can just yeah. hit that i can just open it up and it'll play while i can talk to you guys yeah yeah, it's oh, fucking 2021, dude. Dude, I'm the <laughs> what am I? The, I'm the fucking uh, grandpa of the fucking podcast, dude. <laughs> I remember uh, Felicia used to share some old uh, YouTube links off the Facebook page back in the day. I, yeah. I, I assumed it was Alex. He I'm pretty sure this it was album, Alex. Uh, Telephone Tel Aviv's Fahrenheit Fair Enough. Yeah, yeah. That album was so sick. It's still one of my favorites. And so I remember you guys like being down with that like down tempo. Yeah, and stuff even back then. This and, was before uh, the lo-fi came into the musical playing field like today. So yeah, yeah, a lot of electronic music and um like like down tempo, like easy electronic like vibes. Like we that's you know, I think when you tour and you're on the road for such a long period of time, two things either happen. You either listen to every metal band in existence. And there's no more metal bands to listen to, or <laughs> yeah. you're bored of listening to the same and favorite me metal bands. So you start listening to other stuff and seeing if you like anything out there, you know. So um, I'm glad you, that's, I forgot that we did that. We did like play like small little. Hey, check out these like 20 songs on like yeah like Fallujah's top picks for uh, November or something like that or December, March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you guys are influencing back then. I was like picking up what you guys were putting down, and. Fun, uh, man. I also just think like I don't know any metal band that like only listens to metal when they're on the road. Like I think that's like a that whoever 
Yeah, dude. I don't like it's always you you throw on metal, but then you get into other stuff. Like I think that's hurt. just yeah. Th- that'd be really painful. Everyone feels like they're <laughs> they're quick to defend and like we don't always listen to metal. I'm like, I never thought you would like that that would be insane if you yeah, yeah. yeah. when people so. say that you're like well i mean how does yeah. any human do that i mean remember being <laughs> like on uh if that happens th- it only happens oh, we, for like a few got, months for we some, got some stories i've done a couple <laughs> summer slaughters where like yeah, yeah. it's just a full day festival of metal and you're just like you're just destroyed oh, yeah. after the day you're like it's like you got beat up you're just like fuck dude, dude. like oh i need God. to listen to some mellow yeah. ass I remember- shit i need some pop or something i just need to listen to something like happy and like or I don't know, like I went through the Something whole like easy 80s. on the ears. Literally, I remember totally, like, I remember us having like there, there was a couple times where like we got in arguments on tour, Joel, like we, and, like not you and me, but the whole band like over uh, <laughs> like there was one time where like the bands would, would give us their CDs like or like bands that opened and stuff or like we'd have like the CDs of like different bands at, like at the shows and stuff. And after these fests and all this and we're driving and then we're blasting this death metal CD and I was just like enough. Enough. <laughs> shut like, the hell up i can't <laughs> do it and i remember like like we had those ipods and i've said this before on the pod like i don't know how many episodes ago but like i used to like put on like who who drove got to pick the music you know yeah so like when i was driving i was like ah oh, and it was like nothing but just like madonna and like <laughs> like yeah, 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 anything yeah. like ridiculous <laughs> like that like all totally. of Matt's stuff. I I knew that he he and Jenny like had all these like eighties shit, you know. Yeah, I love. I was just like, I got oh, way into the eighties on it. Thank God, something else. Oh, so totally. was that, you were only Lord. To use Matt's iPod though. Well, no, Joel had one too. Joel had like oh, okay. the fancy one with the like the rotary wheel. Yeah, you know? I was like, <laughs> shit, Joel's got it. Maybe Matt had one too. I can't remember. But we had like the old ones that were like, like like a little case, and they're like you have to like click the buttons, like the shitty old ones, like. And maybe those were iPods, or I don't even know those. Were well, we actually, uh, I'll get into it more when we have uh, when we have uh, Ready Quest on. But um, me and you know Derek came up with a a game to like listen because we get so many bands like giving us their fucking demo. So it'd just be like stacks, especially like you know in those 2010 and before eras, was just like all a burnt disc with this, and you have to listen to my yeah. blah blah and blah blah and like. And I felt bad because I'd get we'd get literally I'm not even kidding probably like you know seven to ten a night sometimes so it'd just be like a big stack of fucking CDs to listen to and they're just piling up in our van mm-hmm. and uh, we we actually um, made a like a, a fun little reason to like listen to it you know like because it was so like like I'm not gonna listen to your like we're already so burnt down on death metal like I'm not gonna listen to your band now like and find out if it's good like you know oh, wait, sure i'll listen in the morning yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll listen in the morning exactly i need to just like it just turned to yeah, a stack in a band. We, still, yeah. we still listen to him I'm, I'm just talking about like after the show well no i'm shit. saying like we made a like, game like, God, my to make it fun like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah what was right, the, right. the game ah uh, i wonder okay whatever uh, it's kind of fucked up it's kind of a fucked up game Uh-oh. but uh okay whatever i'll bring it up because derek probably doesn't want to like it you threw it out the window like a free oh yeah yeah so it's called uh derek Derek uh, and I came up. I, don't, I think it was Derek and I. It might have been Derek and I think That's it was hilarious. Derek and I. We came up with Roadside Records. <laughs> so and, uh, real, real, real fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did too. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> like, yeah. like in in, in the uh, most just hilarious, well, the thing but is like, like kindest ex- way possible. Like just exactly. Like, well, the thing is, like most people don't understand. Well, no, no, no. The pe- what people don't understand is that people like most bands don't listen to fucking demos that are being given. Like most bands aren't aren't listening to them. So it's like we had these stacks of shit, and we were just like, dude, let's fucking listen to all of them. But if you get signed to roadside records if you got signed 
then we would throw you out the window. <laughs> that was that's when you got that's a signing party we called it. So, but uh, but the thing yeah. is, we listened to like, but the, we'd find some cool shit and like send it to fucking nuclear and like yeah. send it to we'd like send it to fucking labels. You know, we weren't like we were actually trying to like find cool shit to like you know give them exposure and give them a platform. It wasn't like I was like, oh, let's listen to these shitty mother. It wasn't not like that at all. It's like let's listen to it like at least forty five seconds of each out like thing, and then if we don't like it, just be like instant yeah. we just like throw it out and we just sign them onto the roadside records but we'd actually <laughs> literally try to like we would actually pass shit along though and we actually found out about, about a bunch of bands and stuff they're doing that mm -hmm. so it was like my like Isn't it sounds like about archaic that way or something no no, no archaic was no, la metal fest that we played yeah who was, was uh, giving out demos out of the back of their car isn't that, that archaic? archaic yeah no, oh, we yeah, we've I definitely said. I've definitely forwarded things to Eric and stuff that we've heard on the on the road and stuff to yeah, yeah, for yeah. a unique leader and stuff. Like I like it's like, dude, this band's from fucking you know Oklahoma. They're fucking crazy. I don't remember and, like, uh, the band sucking. I just remember being like so burnt. <laughs> like, <I'm> <laughs> yeah, like, but just, like, dude, well, like, we made it a game of like like we're we like, are now God. record we are record fucking executives. Like, what are we gonna sign? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, kind of the game. Totally. And well, it just funny. made it like so that. we had to actually listen to everything. Like we weren't gonna if you gave us a demo, we were gonna fucking listen to it. You know, like we had yeah. ten hours to fucking burn every drive, so might as well throw it on. And uh, you know, like I said, most bands would just be like, Cool, thank you. Right? You know, like they wouldn't even give it up, they wouldn't look at it, you know what I mean? So like to at least the 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 positive side of is how shitty as that sounds, that that game sounds, is that we listen to fucking everything, you know what I mean? So it kind of like a double-edged sword on that a little bit you know that's why it was so chapped it was like every single demo <laughs> like, yeah yeah i know i would be in the i like, thought it was ah. fucking super fun i was no, like I know, but also too like we're like on tour with like vader and like like all these death metal bands and then we're just like all right let's throw on some more death metal dude like on the right yeah, and your brain's just like dude i don't even know what, and then even... we go to mcdonald's three times in one day it was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that's uh, so gross, dude. <laughs> it happened. So fucking oh, it's gross. happened a couple times. And I was yeah. like, I was all like, and they just like yeah, yeah. put a pillow on me, just like I mean, you know, they have, silence. What, me, they like, have salads there, though, right? I like, mean, if you want to matter, keep it healthy, I guess you could have a couple salads. I did have a there. salad. I had like a chicken. Or, I don't know. I like definitely tried to eat all the healthy shit, but still, yeah. Dude. How do you stay healthy on the like road, this... Andrew? Oh, wait, what was that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. How, yeah. How'd yeah, you eat on the road? Because yeah, because yeah. yeah, you're like healthy and stuff like that. Like, what would you choose if you're like, you know, you're would it be Subway? I mean, there's not really really much to choose from when you're in the middle of nowhere. When you Subway is like, I just get you know that egg meat sandwich with as many veggies as I could, and I I I uh, I immensely came to resolve the conflict in my brain that the bread was going to taste like cardboard no matter what I chose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so well, at way, least you could pack like all the veggies in. You just, yeah, just uh, that's what dude, you said. Give me tomato, all spinach, me man. All of it, dude. Little onion. Yeah, uh, for sure. I would go for like the, I would go for like the, the chicken melts, you know, because like it's like, hey, it's at least I'm like at least getting cuts of like probably like chicken, chicken tender breast, or chicken breast yeah, yeah. or something like that. And yeah. I know my, I know my body needs so much fuel on tour protein and fats and like carbohydrates and stuff. So, um, even though people shit on it, like on tour, I was like, I'm, I'm down with subway. Like I could use a good big old sandwich sub or if you found a, if you found a better subway place or a sandwich place, we'll just go there, but we would do that. And then gas stations was like, yo, any kind of fruit or like bananas, like give me some, give me some unsalted or like some salted nuts, give me some protein bars. Mm -hmm. Um, like any of those kinds of snacks for sure. I tried so hard to not get like 
the giant bag of Doritos or hell of yeah. gummy worms yeah. every now and then because you got to treat the yourself. Yeah, worms, treat yourself. Yeah. Exactly. You treat yourself, and you got you deserve <laughs> you deserve reward from even the small victories. So every now and then, boy, uh, yeah, the gummy worms cups, with a man. squirt, dude. Yeah, dude. I, hey, every now and then, I wanted like just a little Mountain Dew, just a little bit. Oh, you yeah, know, totally. good old, good old Mountain Dew. Worms. Well, Gamer fuel, dude. One of my favorites. Halloween candies in the fucking kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> eat candy tonight, dude. One of my one of my favorite tour stores ever was I. I like drove the early morning shift, and then like. I was like, yeah. And then like Joel like woke up and he's like, we stopped at a gas station and he's like, all right, it's my turn. And he goes in there and comes back, dude. It was like 10 in the morning, right? It was like flaming hot cheetahs, Snickers bar, and then a rock star. And then he just like puts on his sunglasses and just like, let's go. I'm just like, yeah, because I think actually like, I, cause I was like, I always wanted to get like a big chunks of driving done. Cause I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, I like to hang out after the show and sometimes I, sometimes I'd be, you know, inebriated because of the, uh, of course the party pleasures that are involved in the back. So <laughs> you I need would, um, drinks. Yes, exactly. So it'd basically be like, um, at one time I, I swear to God, my record for a drive in one sitting was a thousand miles as being the driver, you know, like mm-hmm. this just I was like, I got to hit a thousand, dude. <laughs> we had to do like a cross country thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to hit a thousand, dude. That's what I, I just want to do. One set of a thousand or we have we're coming back. To play, like, well, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that was like 20, I don't know, 22 hours. I forget how long it was like yeah. a long time, but it was basically just yeah, what Casey's like describing, like just sugar and caffeine and just like the most unhealthy. Like when I was done with that, my body was like sick, dude. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna make you depressed. Are you cigaretting at the time too? This is yeah. I used to smoke cigarettes back then. So yeah, dude, like that combo right there of like sugar. That's that's how you cigarettes. That's yeah. Andrew's like Andrew's like, and I get the cancer. (laughs) Fuck you, Joel. (laughs) No, hey, look, listen, listen to me right now. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. I, I made peace with it a long time ago. <laughs> no, 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 totally. totally. No, it's just like um, when people treat their bodies like shit and then they're, like, they're yeah. fine. It's like, I don't know. It's just probably be, if I was in your position, I'd be like people. People for sure have their own priorities. Again, I definitely vouch for like reward yourself for even the small victories for totally. sure. And look, I, I drive so much in Fallujah. I totally understand it. I'm, I was about to say, I think I've shaved off like five years of my, my f- whole lifespan because of doing <clears throat> outrageous night driving that I had to do being probably heavily caffeinated, not eating the best food and then lack of sleep and then yep. probably blasting some music or anything to like, just keep me going keep for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know, I know the pain and it's totally, totally. You, okay. <laughs> you've done a, you've done a summer slaughter too. So, you know, the, the routing of summer slaughter and how the dude, early load ins were and we, shit like dude, that, that was insane. Summer slaughter, 2014, I can recall three days or sorry, I should say three nights on that tour where we actually stayed either in a hotel or at a friend's house uh, and had over six hours of sleep. Like I can recall only three because every other night you night drove like, like, yeah. like no one's business. Like, you leave and if you leave right when the show's done, when you pack up, you leave, you'll make it right on time for the next, for, for the next, like for the next sound check for, for yeah, the yeah. first band or for whoever, exactly. you know? Yeah. 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 Dude, summer slaughter, even though it was a lot of fun and it was like a, it was like a, one of the, one, like a, it was like a young metal dudes, like dream come true. Cause summer totally. slaughter was ripping back in the day. I, uh, I came home like in so much pain <laughs> and the biggest yeah. bags under my eyes. And I, totally. I took like a whole week for sure to just recover from that whole thing. It was, 
it was so debilitating. Like I was so physically and then like mentally exhausted because I probably wouldn't have got yeah. out of bed the first day. Oh yeah. Oh, I did. I slept for like 14 hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I post tour is like, just it's like, like well, summer wanna... star is the ultimate boot camp oh, yeah. of like of tour. Yeah. That's like the ultimate, like, if you, Oh, you want to be a touring band? Like let's throw you on van, this. Yeah. Not, not doing do the sprinter van or the tour bus thing right. and sharing with another band. Yeah, okay. You exactly. can do it. You'll, you'll make some, you'll probably make some great money, honestly, doing that, but uh, be prepared to suffer. <laughs> you know exactly. There's so, like 12 drum sets and stuff out there all ready to go. Oh, it's like God, fucking just yeah. the, the fucking, just the logistics Four of back lines show. of cabs, yeah, you know, know, and then you got to shuffle the first like two to three bands worths and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, banners. Everyone's banner for every yeah, band, yeah. you know, totally. And you make friends with all the first few bands real fast because the pressures on the first like three or four bands of a summer slaughter tour to like get your shit on, uh, play your sadly 20 minute set or something. And then yeah. like you have like three minutes to get the hell off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was 10 minute changeovers, right? It was 10. Like, I think 10 it was minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 I like helped, I helped like the drummer before and after me and then like drummer number four or something like that. Cause I was like, totally. I was like, this shit sucks. Um, all hands on deck and we get to yeah. live another day <laughs> totally. yeah it would just be like you get off stage you get off stage and it turns into like okay so like go time like wasn't oh, yeah. go time well, supposed to be the stage time well, dude, <laughs> like, I remember. you can tie that back into the sports thing like learning teamwork and just knowing that you're mm. you got to be yeah. part of this thing yeah and everybody needs to pitch in and get it done to get it done efficiently and you got respect mm -hmm. for the bands before and after you so you really want to like do your best yeah, to get them sure. on as smoothly as possible and you don't want to like you know what those first tours you or the that bands do and you see it and where they like they go too long they're fucking they take too long to get off the stage. drummer is taking their symbols <laughs> off on stage yeah, yeah, and totally. stuff. <laughs> like, i would get so livid from that because then it means the next drummer is like gotta go so fast to get set yeah, up yeah, yeah, and yeah. then play a set you know like i don't know, Dude, but I, know I, what think, you're saying. I remember but, like uh that first like real tour we did like after bloodletting but that one with black dahlia and like we were like oh, yeah. you know the, like the opener and stuff and like it was like i mean i'm from california like you know getting like it was like a crazy winter like brutal last winter in 2008 like and it was like get your shit off stage and get outside and i'm like sweating and steam's coming off of me i'm covered in sweat and it's like snow yeah. everywhere and I'm like go like, in the snow whoa and it's like freezing outside i'm just like don't even know what to do i'm like take my shirt off and put on a sweat i don't even know what's happening i'm like just like they're just like get your shit off like you know like super Dude, fast you know it's just like i've i've had so many of those oh, you, yeah. you you end up doing a lot of those on european tours that are in the winter time sometimes like oh yeah um and it's fucking brutal that's how you that's how you get sick on tour and that's how Mm -hmm. you can you can probably get fucking hypothermia like like straight up i've gotten i've gotten horribly sick from having to go outside in freezing Sweating cold and freezing from playing in a brutally hot super sweaty show yeah tight packed crowd and stuff fun but man you're like like you're freezing in place at that time you know it's fucking crazy yeah, i think probably the coolest thing that's ever happened touring in my life was uh probably the, the coolest thing this has got to be number one is having uh we had a, a a tech like a roadie that would go with us and one time or probably like 10 times out of the tour i got to just put take off my base and hold it up in the air and he would just grab it and i just got to walk off stage it's like not worrying about my gear he would just like take care of all of it like i was like what the fuck this is like 
This is the coolest thing I've ever done. Like you feel <laughs> so, so spoiled, you know, totally. Like, yeah. Well, it's like you see all the other big bands that you've been touring with all the headliners like they get that. You know, they usually get something like that. They get mm-hmm. to walk off, you know, and like, like, all right, let's hang out now. And like the fucking the pre and post show is such a fucking. Oh, God. Yeah, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is the Black That's what tour, tour is like, decrepit. ladies and gentlemen. That's how you like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. living it up. I was dying right there. That yeah, was yeah. like a gnarly. <laughs> I'm drinking probably fountain water out of a like a plastic cup that was in Motel <laughs> Six. <laughs> Dude, those hotels that night that you were able to like thankfully get, you know, yeah. or if you got any, God, those those were like the only moments in time on tour where I felt like okay, I can like actually relax and get sleep and and feel like I'm getting some sort of recharge enough for the next days, whatever the hell chaos we're gonna get into then, you know, so. Totally Man, crazy. Yeah, crazy. Oh, waking up, dude. waking up, yeah, and just having time fucking... to go get breakfast and shit, and not have Sha- to like... just shower in general. That's the high like, pod, shower, dude. dude yeah. The... Oh, so this tour we did with Black Dahlia was out of a F one fifty truck with a, a cab truck, on it, bro. And it was literally one of the t- uh, coldest winters in the last thirty years. And then the heater core blows yeah. out while you guys yeah. are in the middle yep. of that winter. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. have a heater. So, so we had basically to... all about like nine sleeping bags in the back to like. Because you had to cocoon in the back if you wanted yeah. to survive. It was like literally one of the, like I said, like one of the coldest winters like on record for the last 30 years. We decided to go fucking tour with Black Dahlia. So it's like a huge fucking tour. And we're like, well, we got this and this. Like Black Dahlia is awesome enough to bring a small band out. And I obviously will always appreciate that. But we were not <laughs> equipped for it at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we were like, we got a truck, dude. All right. We can do this. <laughs> yeah dude and, and i work in, i work in automotive yep. so they hit me up and they're like dude what the fuck <laughs> happened and i'm like dude, the heater, core, the heater dude, core and then they're like, a break <laughs> and then and then i told them it's the heater core and then i look it up and it's like one of the rare trucks that it takes like 10 hours to do that job shit and they're Jesus. stuck in the fucking middle of winter fucking having to survive didn't you yeah. guys have to go get like space heaters that you worked off of? Like, oh yeah, yeah. A generator, yeah, or some fucking shit. Well, no, we just had to like basically dress for the outdoors inside the car. Like we had to wear like mittens and like boots, yeah. and, body like, heat, and like pe- we didn't really know penis. much different though because this is I mean, our second tour. Penis so. to penis. It was freezing driving, just like heat. shaking. Like and my, like t- I'm wearing like three layers of socks and like boots, and my my like feet are like like it like, hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was insane, dude. It was like the craziest shit. I would have wanted yeah. to be by Joel. He's got probably the most body heat out of everybody. <laughs> you don't even call me fat like on the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying it's like silverback. Wait, is that is that is that on the bingo? The bingo man? No, dude. He, okay. He's like got a. He knows how to build a nest. He's like a silverback. He can keep you warm. It was so gross back there, though. After like towards the end of the tour, it was just like it was like nine sleeping bags just like piled on each other. And it's like, dude, just wrap up if you get back there. And just figure it out to survive. <laughs> just like it's like in the yeah. back of the fucking bed with a camper shell, dude. Dude, it God, was crazy. Man. I don't know how you did that, dude. That's 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 well. I mean, we didn't know any different. We didn't know like the luxuries of anything. Like we were like, well, we get to tour with this huge tour with Hate Eternal and Black Dahlia. Like, what the fuck? Like, we're gonna definitely do this. Like, we have no other way, we have no other vision of how this is supposed to go. We've never yeah. done a winter tour before. We we did one summer tour with like a smaller tour before this, so it's like all of a sudden we're thrown into the, like you're, you're guys in the big leagues now, like figure it out. 
You it's know, exciting so it was, to think about the ambition of myself or anybody else at their, in their early 20s of just saying, fuck it, dude, I'm going. Dude. Yeah, we were all just friends and we just wanted to fucking do it. So it's like yeah. you just figure it out somehow. We weren't we didn't have no plan, no plan. It was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, it actually is really cold. Oh, I remember one time uh, <laughs> so we, we, were, we were in Wyoming and it was like, really cold. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they, they uh, we were in Wyoming and they're just like, um, basically, they're like, oh, the roads are all closed on the 80 you know in wyoming mm -hmm. and uh because they don't take care of their fucking roads and uh we like go to this like truck stop and we're stuck there for a couple like a day or two and then they're like oh dude roads are opening and i somehow got my feet wet or something i have no idea but like my feet were wet and we got getting this line of like 300 fucking trucks and car like semis and cars and uh all of a sudden we are going we're like we're like rolling we're like fuck yeah dude we're fucking actually moving this has been like a long time since this has happened and then we stop and then we're, we're there for about two hours with no movement. And this guy comes up to her, like knocks on our window. He's like, you guys might be here for like two days. <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? And, and I'm like, what the, and my, my, and we have no heater. My feet are wet. They're like becoming like hypothermia stuff. I had to take my shoes off and just wrap them up in like a sleeping bag to like, cause my feet were like freezing. They, wouldn't, they won't dry. Cause yeah. they won't so dry. Cold. Exactly. cold dry. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, just, I mean, we we sat there for nine hours and then they opened it. But it was like they said two boy. days walking two up, and I was days. like, two days in the fucking traffic. <laughs> like I don't know, you know, like yeah, when they opened insane. it. When they opened it, I was like, oh shit, this is why the roads were closed. It was like the scariest drive ever. Well, then like, we, they opened it. Then there's like an accident again. Like they had to wait. Like, yeah. Again. You got oh, like yeah. a half-eaten Snickers, uh, some fucking yeah. trail mix, and you're like, fuck, dude. Just putting a Snicker on each toe. A Gatorade bottle that you pissed in. You're like, I had this like dude. picture that I was trying to find just now, but it's like of when we came back and we were driving back up the Donner Pass, like, and it's like of Matt like out by the van, and he's got like mittens on and everything. He's just like, like all yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. He's like an Eskimo, <laughs> dude. It's insane. <laughs> like, but yeah, dude, that was so crazy, dude. Fuck. Also, probably the probably one yeah. of the best tours I've ever done, though. You know. Oh yeah, no, like, the shows were insane. Like, so yeah, fun. yeah. But like, yeah. the, it's a nocturnal tour. Yeah, it's amazing. But uh, oh so, yeah, that's sick ass album, dude. I remember like yeah. like right, but like right when that road got going again, like it was like okay, we're cruising down, and then we like got to the spot where it's like a straightaway, and then all of a sudden it's like whoa, there's like all these semis off to the side of the road over here, and all these like cars and oh, semis that's off that's to the side uh, of the Oregon road there. I remember that. Oh, was it Oregon? I thought it no, was, it was Oregon. Wyoming. Oh, okay. No, we I remember like, I was sitting in the back. Like, we were driving. We're like, window. what's wrong with everybody? All of a sudden, we just start like sliding like sideways. Like, yeah, you see a semi flipped over like, here, semi flipped over here. And you're like, a couple oh, people why they just old? died in Pacifica like like two days ago, dude. A fucking truck. All the snow? Well, no, they're a truck. Was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, all the snow. <laughs> no, a truck was fucking coming down uh, a steep hill and no brakes, dude, and plowed through the fucking intersection, dude. Ugh. Right on ha Highway 1, dude. It was fucking like coming down. They're coming down Highway 1 up over the hill, Pat, when you go past Lindemar. Yeah. And fucking so that intersection, it's up against the hill. So it's literally a blink of an eye and you're done. So, Andrew, so you, yeah. I'm sure what's you, you talk about doing like winter tours. Like, what's your scariest my life is on the line like moment that you've had? Because I'm sure there's been like seven. I have to or actually one. think about these. <laughs> <laughs> um, one definitely happened when I was home battling cancer, actually, um, on, on the I 80 route from wherever in Wyoming to Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Yep. Um, Hate Eternal Goat Whore, Fallujah. Um, yeah, that they, uh, 
they had Jack Blackburn on drums for me. And he had to take my kit because I, I had to stay home. And then uh, Alex had something else to do too. I think he had something like college related. He couldn't like back out of. So uh, Riley McShane was doing vocals yeah. for Fallujah at the time. Yeah. They, flipped, uh, they flipped on the I-80 road. Uh, and it was the winter tour as well because of black ice pretty much. And they like destroyed the trailer and the van was like uh, unsalvageable. Like it was, or like it wasn't, it was unfixable pretty much. Um, so band wise, that was like terrible. But I think, I think, man, if there was, I can remember one time. I remember one time during like a winter tour, we were doing a one ways or two way road or whatever. Just like, like a, one, one, one side for you, one side for the oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was going like 70 miles per hour with the van and yeah. trailer, but man, a truck was trying to bypass another slower truck. Oh God. And it was doing the whole, like, we're getting closer and closer. Like, are you going to like slow down to get back behind them? Or are you going to try and cut it? Cause I think the driver being, being past the other truck was being a jackass or something, but it got way too close. And, uh, I almost, I didn't have a head on collision. Like I wasn't going to obviously have a head on collision, but, um, it was one of those moments where like, I'm on the road, they're coming, and he had to like get back behind them really quick. So he was like hitting the brakes really fast, and I was almost getting off the road uh, and hitting the um, what do you call those things again? The rivets in the side of the road. That oh yeah, the wake yeah. up fucking thing. Yeah. yeah, I had to hit those really really hard, and I didn't jolt out of the way, but I was like, oh geez, you know. And and then the thing started, and then I heard sirens going my way, and I'm like. I think it was like a night drive at like two in the morning. I think on the way to, I think it was on the way to Idaho on the way to Idaho. It was on the I 80, but I don't know. There was, there's like always like small things. Yeah. yeah. If you think about really deeply, you're like, man, if I was just like a second too late or like four seconds late, everything would be different or two seconds ahead or something like I would have been hit or I would have crashed into this. Or I would have killed a seagull in New York, dude. You did? (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. I was driving in a bird. I had a bird. Bop but it, I mean, <laughs> just one second. If we left one like ten seconds later, that bird. No, would you be, always think about that too. Alive, I mean, even like but going down sure to go visit, they, sure like Anthony. I'll go visit Anthony. I'll go like hit the hit the one and stuff. And there's a one. It's a one way each way thing. And people think they can fucking go for it. And there's been times where I have to stop and pull over, like because I'm about to get hit head on, like. Everyone's gonna die. Like yeah, you know? now and then. Every now yeah. and then there's like one of those for sure. You just like totally. Phew, that was fucking it's not close. worth the extra what two minutes you would save or whatever going around yeah. buddy, you know? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Just Actually just even listening to a Fallujah on the drive over to go get like guitar strings just now. There was there's there's always the guy that needs to be ahead of you. It's like he's like on your butt, he's trying to switch lanes constantly, like he's mm-hmm. all aggressive and like and he gets in the wrong lane and then he, he goes behind. He's like, it slows down. And then he finally gets catches back up. And then he tries to get back in the lane. And he's like almost like fucking pit maneuvering you because he's you so would just, close. And you would still like, see them at the, you're, at yeah, the, the stoplight. You're moving, <laughs> exactly. And you're exactly moving at the saying. same speed, the same distance. And he just had this crazy version of getting to the same place you're at. dude. It's like, it's like dude, sick, dude. You made it 23 <laughs> seconds earlier. Like We almost died. Like, do you understand? We <laughs> almost doing? died. I got yeah. all my kids in the back right now. Nah, dude i had to swerve off the road dude but you you got there 20 seconds before me yeah yeah congratulate i'm glad you did that yeah that's good yeah <laughs> well that's just entitlement it's fucking people being selfish blah 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 yeah. it's like the needing things now and all the things you know but uh andrew i appreciate you coming on the podcast man i feel Thanks like for this having is, uh, me. yeah 
I wanted to bring uh, up something real quick. Uh, okay, yeah. So like I like like I am am super inspired by some of your drum parts and stuff, and specifically okay. that song "Abandon" mm. on Dreamless. That that Pull up real quick. I mean, just in general, like those like drum parts, but like that like beginning riff that like and like goes fast and slows down like the kicks. Uh huh. Super cool, dude. Like so, just uh, yeah, just wanted to like tell you that I think that's rad. And uh, if there's any thing you want to say about like writing that or just your ideas behind that or just it sounds like stuff i've never heard like i'm like oh, i've never heard someone do that like that way you know it's, it's like original it's cool. i was i was actually just explaining this to scott <laughs> and i think it's actually hella funny now that i think about it with him but scott is technically the primary songwriter so he's actually written a lot of the drums but then sure. i came okay. in to but i would come in to like humanize the drums mm-hmm. make it sound like a human was actually playing it because I know, I know when we're like in the midst of like uh, our writing processes and we're using uh Cubase or like drum program stuff, like at the same time we're making drums, like there's both a hi-hat and a China and a ride playing or something like that. And I'll be like, all right, like, all right, motherfucker, look, which, which one you want? You want a hi-hat, you want a ride or China when I'm doing these blasts or double kicks? Just choose. Cause I can't, I can't whip out a third arm or whatever the fuck. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, Scott wrote, the majority of those drum parts and then i would come in to do all the 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 actual playing of them and stuff but um i i would like to think that i'm able to get away with stuff like that because of well one triggers <laughs> but uh two uh double stroke technique uh doubles on the on the feet you know i oh, so you're doing doubles on that part yeah so i'm doing oh, doubles crazy. okay um yeah, yeah. and it's it's kind of like a little exercise I would do, uh, mm-hmm. to get warmed up. I, I haven't done it in a while, but back then I would do like uh, standard single, single note, double kicks, then into like 16 quarter notes into mm-hmm. then full time. I call them double stroke technique, uh, as a way to get warm. So I go up and then I actually go back down and I just choose like a tempo range. I'm comfortable with like two thirty or, um, or like, mm-hmm. or I guess one, one ten or something like that. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that you brought that part up because I was like, technically that part's like a warm up thing I did for a cool. long time where, I, yeah. dun, 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 you know, and yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't actually listened to that song or played Abandoned in a long time. That's crazy. I'm, it's crazy that you brought that up. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just one that like, stood out for me. You know, I think I, I would like to think that the drums coming up in this next album, though, are going to be. Um, it's 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 going to sound both very familiar and really fresh and new at the same time. Like it's going to be, it's almost going to feel like a like a we call it a trip down memory lane. But it's also like some high tech advanced shit, you know? Like, cool, man. <laughs> stoked to hear it. Nice, yeah, dude. I'm really excited. What kind of gets, dr- hmm? what kind of drum kit did you use on it? Um, God, I can't remember. It's it's whatever that one Yamaha studio custom kit that or mark record. lewis has um yeah. i forgot i forgot what it was is it a, rec- a recording custom or yeah i think it's a recording custom yeah, recording yeah. custom yeah those are in there. um yeah. i forgot what type of wood it is or something but the, but the tones it. are just like like so near yeah. near perfect like so so like good and yeah um God and and for his recording purposes too, for his own mixing and mastering later, he's like, I need this kit to sound immaculate so I can mm-hmm. make you sound amazing, pretty much. Yeah, that's um, killer. I love it. So we did that, and then um, I just did kick sample pads, like kick uh, e kit pads for my feet. Okay. Um, yeah, in yeah. the studio because we're just gonna be using triggers, you know, um, sure. no big deal yeah. to us. But um, 
It helps yeah. with the bleed, right? And like the overheads. It helps with the bleeds and the overheads. Tom mics and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in a really unique looking drum room there. that he was like constructing for the past like year. Um, and you know, he's just like, I just, just do, just do kick pads. And that's like yeah. less overtone work for me. You know, it's going to be like a lot more precise and it'll be so much easier to help me with matching up to click tracks and, and corrections later and whatever, you know? So we, yeah. It was a weird hurdle for me at first when I first started recording with him and just recording in general. But uh, I was, I, you get used to it after a while. I'm kind of like, no, I actually prefer doing um, e kit pads for my feet uh, recording now because it just feels a bit more, yeah, just accurate. I guess is this the first time that you've recorded one doing that. Uh, No. So I did it for, I did it also for, uh, for Dreamless and then I did it for uh, Flush Prevails as well because I I play on two single, single uh, kicks. I got, I got a, yeah, yeah. I got sure. a PDP double drive kit behind me. Mm-hmm. I got it for a President's Day, President's Day sale for seven hundred fifty bucks. It's pretty good. Nice. Um, yeah. But I play on two single kicks, so two, so two yeah. kick drums uh, live. You know, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, cool, I was, man. yeah, I've been really stoked on your drumming on the Ominous Ruin album. Lately. I'm so yeah. So to answer your question that I got weirdly yeah. changed around at the beginning of the podcast. So I, you, we can finally talk about yeah, all I, the projects even. I, I, and <laughs> Muldrotha, dude, when you started getting oh, yeah, into yeah. it, I'm like, wait, Muldrotha is like old. I thought, and I'm like, Oh, oh no, you're talking about the new <laughs> shit, but dude, I love that band too. So yeah, yeah. get into all of that right now. Yeah. Again, uh, Rob Miramonte, that's his project for sure. Um, he just wanted some, some drummer help and it was my good gateway into doing recording session work for other bands out there. So I've done, so I did the the Ominous Ruin album that recently dropped, which is probably one of the most like at this current moment in time, probably one of the most technically death metal demanding like albums I've done, uh, uh, you know, just regarding Fluja right now, you know, and then um, I've, helped out, I've, I've helped out a couple of black metal projects. Uh, one's called Deliria and the other's called Embryum. I actually played one of my first shows in a very long time live uh, with Embryum about a month ago in San Francisco. And that was kind of mind-blowing they were doing the whole you know uh, proof of vaccination stuff and i was like wow man i feel feel good over here it's nice people and everyone's safe mm-hmm. um so i did that um deliria embryum moldrotha ominous ruin uh i did a 10 minute mordant rapture song uh recently and there's actually a drum playthrough of that too and it's it's pretty good it's pretty it's pretty sick um symphonic death metal pretty much um if you're a Warhammer, or a Warhammer 40k fan of any kind. It just it basically just sounds like that, but like death metal, <laughs> neo gothic stuff. And then um, my most another recent album that's actually going to be coming out pretty soon will be um, Tegmentum. It's got Chelsea Murphy on vocals, uh, Michael Ball on guitar. He just filled in for Lightworker for their small little tour out here recently. Um, Chelsea Murphy did some vocal work for the latest uh, Doom video game um there's there's some there's some notables in the san francisco bay area that are just really what stout other band, what are the bands she's she's in another band right she's in the uh, band. don don of Ouroboros. that's Ouroboros. right, that's right. I, I'm that's not, right. I, I think that's how you pronounce it but yeah <clears throat> um but yeah I've, I've, I've been like getting into session work for other bands because uh it's it's financially keeping me on my toes and it's also like a I don't know. It just feels very fulfilling. I haven't done like live work for a lot of these bands. I'm just, I just say like I could do studio stuff because this gives me time at home to work on things and uh, be in my own element now. And then I just come to the studio prepared and then just lay down. And then I just, well, you know, help out. So. I just, I'm like kind of blown away right now because I have a, a confession to make is I 
totally forgot that you're on the ominous ruin album like and i already think that you're like so sick from just fallujah and i'm just like what the fuck dude dude like, i like knew I, I i knew that you were on it i, I, I heard it before and shit and i've been mm -hmm. i don't want to get into the, the surprise yet but i've been alex is a great friend i'll just put it that way okay and okay the guitar player in ominous ruin if you guys haven't heard ominous ruin you need to go listen yeah. to it. It's so it's, fucking it's, badass. It's really good. It's yeah. really, really good. good. Like really actually good. really good sounding technical death metal. It's really catchy. It. It's so good. Um, yeah. Fast, aggressive. And yeah. it's like so like precise. Like it sounds, it sounds really yep. good. Sounds good. And I forgot because they, they obviously have a different drummer live right now. And Joseph's doing shows with them and stuff. And I've seen the videos mm. and the clips. Mm -hmm. And then I like totally That's just blanked on that. Harley, year. Harley Blanford. Shout out. Yeah. 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 Shout yeah, out yeah. To Harley. Harley. Good dude. Yep. Really good I dude. am really stoked to be going back to back with him on the kit he's actually gonna share the kit with me on those three shows so okay okay yeah, hell yeah. yeah hell yeah, yeah. So, i was gonna say i saw ominous ruin on the package for these uh for those uh, uh for those flyers are they playing all three of those shows or just yeah the two? yeah 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 it's okay it is technically i could have announced it as it's uh, the two of us the two bands going on tour together mm -hmm. so but with different headliners each night that aren't on the package so right right yeah but uh yeah no we're super stoked to chill with alex and fucking the rest of those guys as well so okay yeah okay i mean there's I'm glad you liked it <laughs> and there's so much good shit coming out like right now and stuff and like lately or this this last year or whatever but for me like my favorite albums like as of lately and like to me they have some similarities but they're different is that ominous rune album and the ophidian eye album desolate i haven't like, heard that just one yet. like yeah the, the recordings are so precise and sick and heavy and it's so fast and like dude you should check that out man that's they're from iceland they're fucking insane. okay yeah okay um but uh the the singer lives in san diego down here so he's like you know super cool guy but they're all icelandic <laughs> sick even the sick, dude from but, san diego right yeah he is yeah but dude it's man like but that I'm, I'm so fucking blown away right now like i'm like already <laughs> such a fan of yours and then i'm like what you did that god damn it dude that's so funny to say it's so weird for hell? me to for to hear that for people especially from you because like i remember just being like enamored by your youtube videos when i was a young oh, yeah. <laughs> young high school buck being like i want to go to death metal and i saw your dude i i thought you were fucking gnarly like oh, like thanks, like thanks. i think you're fucking gnarly dude you're so good Oh, dude, he's not done, dude. I know. I, he's never been, never been he's done. I don't think you're ever really AC done. drumming coming soon, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah very soon. I actually have a. Uh, I'm not going to divulge too much, but this Sunday, I'm. I've got my own, own, like my my personal studio like that I rent like set up again for, to record and like do demos basically, you know. Um, and like I'm going to do my first like practice for this new project on Sunday, like just full force, get the triggers back up, just go for it yeah there you go I'm just like so i'm like excited about it. i'm like dust off dusting off the triggers yeah. <laughs> exactly no, looks, like, like, no, looks no. like we're coming out of retirement I mean, boys I mean, li li literally there's dust on on them i gotta dust them <laughs> off like, you know for sure yeah so looking forward to it you know oh, yeah, I mean, I've, been, I've been drumming but i haven't been doing the you know yeah Get, bring it back baby bring come on oh, bring, yeah, bring back some of that bring some it, that old fire back man it's some, in there bring some new fire actually i can't do the doubles though man it's not i just doesn't work for i can do doubles with my Double hands for days and everything but yeah, yeah my mm. feet just don't want to my, my my right foot can do doubles fine but it's like my left foot it's doesn't. usually it's usually left foot yeah yeah definitely so for me i just stick with singles i don't need to go faster than whatever like i could do back in the day anyways like i'm just like mm -hmm. that's fine i don't, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't need to play 300 like you know we, had we don't want to go that fast either dude <laughs> well, we, had, we had derek roddy on the podcast and he was all dude i'll teach you singles on your left foot in one in 30 minutes 
for doubles. He said five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, five, oh, minute five minutes. He said five minutes. You'll be doing 300 BPM doubles. Like, <laughs> wait, like, Roddy, okay, wait, I'm sorry. You yeah. said Derek Roddy said that? Derek yeah. Roddy was a stole. Oh, like, I'll teach you yeah. for like 10 minutes, five minutes. No, he said, he's all hit me up, Casey. I'll teach you. No, I'm just all like, I'm kind of I don't even want to, I don't even want to learn. <laughs> he's like you gotta eat 12 raw eggs a day yeah i don't want to know the secret i don't think i can handle it i think it's just dude it's just it's literally like eat your fucking carrots it's it's, it's like that easy it's just just eat good man just eat good stretch your feet out you know well no i think from talking to tim young like that like because he was like, well, you got to like kind of like change like the like the feel of your pedals in the in the head and stuff. Really, yeah, you, know? you do. And so like, and so he was, you know, and he's just like, yeah, I just like prefer like the old school. And I mean, if he, it's like, do you need to go faster than 250, 260? Like, I mean, it's, it's like 300 is insane. Like when, it, when someone plays 300 perfectly, like in front of you, it's mind boggling and fucking bad. Let's like, let's be real. I don't it, you know? I don't think anyone can really play th- 300 perfectly on the albums maybe yeah but like long but live like and 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 shout and and, those guys can do that like all and all due respect they can they can do it but then again that shouldn't be pressure on you to be like oh yeah yeah. change my pedal yeah my my heads and stuff you know like like you should just you gotta be out you gotta be your authentic version of yourself because yeah yeah, yeah. we don't have enough of that you know like yeah i mean honestly like that's why like i mean it's like I, I love du- double stroke drummers and I love single stroke drummer drummers. I and I, I think that yeah. they're both sick and like just different, different ways. And like, there's a reason why Kalias is so badass at doing like singles like that. Like it's so powerful and just, he's the King dude. Like, I mean, let's he's, be real. He's, like he's one of the Kings for sure. I mean, like, he's like a single stroke. I think he's up there with, with Roddy. I mean, yeah. But dude, I mean, it's like, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, yeah, Roddy, Tim Young and all that, but it's like, but Kalias, like his feet, dude. Like if you can, if you can play at those speeds they're, without they're, triggers and still maintain, yeah, your power, the like power, your, your yeah. power output, yeah. that is that's like true, in my opinion, um, legitimate, true top level double kick, double, double kick prowess. Like because yeah, yeah. when you go fast, you lose. Like when when velocity increases, you lose power. Yeah. So if you're able to keep power high at high velocity that's like is Kalias that's like, like the, that on the snare too is he bring is he i would I mean in the snare he's amazing and, and all yeah. he's a great like well-rounded player but like there's video i mean like he just he can dig in with single strokes on his feet in a way that's like beyond like it's fucked up dude it's yeah. like so yeah. fucking rad <laughs> it's, it's like crazy Kalias, Kalias like wins a, dude he a, really like does greek god dude yeah, yeah. like and I, I like drummers like personally like out of all Kalias. those guys tim, tim young's my favorite style the way that like and i'm not even talking about all the flair like like on a recording like the, the way that he plays and digs into it tim young's like my favorite but like but like and and Roddy too in different ways. Roddy's like a genius and you know, with like these old school dudes, and then Pete Sandoval mm-hmm. and all those guys are all civs and Dave Kuros. I mean, it just dude, goes on Ringo and on. Star, all, dude. Yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Pete Best, bro. You know, <laughs> but like you know, no, I'm just saying that it's a whole different thing. It's so cool, and like I love it all. Like, but uh, yeah, and then like with but like for me, like with all the double strokes, I always like heard it from like Longstreth first. So I, I still think he's kind of the king of that. Like, I don't know. Or like Dave McGraw from 
you know, fucking, cow with the cap. Yeah, yeah, he's insane too. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And you're insane. Like, you know, I don't know. All <laughs> these guys that do that can do the doubles like that. I have a lot of respect. It's really cool. I think it's fucking sick. Yeah. Um, and then the, the the drummer for Ophidia and I, like uh, Ragnar, I think is his name. Rag- yeah. Right. He's incredible too. There's videos online. Check him out. Go, but uh, well, and this guy from from o- Ominous Ruin, I forgot his name. Who's the drummer on that? Just kidding. I can't believe you played that. Really? I, still, I still can't believe you played that. I know, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a quick uh, it's uh, so good. Like, admission right now is that I actually didn't even know that you did the drums on that until Casey said. Dude, it. that's what I'm okay. saying. We're all just freaking out right now. Like that is yeah, a yeah. killer performance. No, I've listened to that fun. like a that's ton. That's what I'm coming like, full yeah, circle yeah. on here is to totally. say that you. It's fun. Thank you. No, it was it was it was genuinely like a ton of fun to play. Just just crazy like like guitar like the writing for it was just was just so insane and it was so i was just so thankful of the dudes and for alex to be like like you're the drummer from luja i want you to to like to make you like these drum i want you to make these drums you like you should be the drums for for the album like the way you play and and -hmm. i was like honestly a lot of your pre-pro that you have for me is pretty much along the lines of how I, I want to play it. I just want to like clean a couple of fills up or even do some different fills here and there and then streamline a couple extra things. And I think I'm good. I just need time to practice. And then, and then, you know, boom, connect the dots. And now we have this like just crazy, just sick technical death metal album. So cool. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. So cool. Yeah. So thank you. I'm glad you liked it, man. I'm glad you got, I'm, I'm glad you like it, dude. It's, just, it's a fun time. I told him I'll try to help him out with a show in the future. If, Something Ooh, happens with Harley, nice. or he can't do anything. Yeah, but I got I got to relearn the songs, <laughs> or, or maybe do like a video yeah. or something of playing. Them yeah, or something, yeah, you know? I, I do want to really do. Cool. Yeah. It's down the line. I got to I got to figure it out. But I told him I do want to do. Well, hold on. No, technically we have one drum video played throughout yeah. of one of the new songs, and we had another another one actually in the oh. works. Um, it's the Simulacra song, I think. Yeah, that was supposed to be the uh, play uh, playthrough video number two, but we we're still waiting on some edits, and I think life kind of took took hold for a few people. So oh, so so it's um, not out yet. It's not out yet, but okay. I, I've Ooh, seen the nice. footage of it, and it's and the oh, okay. it sounds amazing. I will go to Cody uh, uh, Cody Cody uh, Fuentes at Raptor Recording Studios in Hayward. He was he's like my main go to guy for in studio oh, um, drum anything, and then I've been yeah, going yeah. to Fang Studios in San Mateo to do some other stuff with people as well. Mm-hmm. So. Cool, man. It's so cool nice. to hear about these other parts of the bay that's got these pockets of people that still fucking have still the do it still resources. Do it. They yeah. have the fucking venues that they grew up going to. Mm-hmm. I love it's like it's it's cookie cutter, but it's not like I mean, it's just like we all grew up kind of within the the boundaries of something, and then you know us as individuals make it different but mm. it's like having the sanctuaries having the super homies and, and i i just love it dude and this is right over in the east bay right hayward's east bay right i'd say i'd say east bay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's fucking cool dude cali death's not dead yet dude no it is i don't think it's dude. i don't think it's ever died but i i feel like there might have been a lull and that's okay because that means yeah, you dude. know when when things actually start to finally clear up with covid and shows are much more frequent and in mass than boom, you know, a, kind of like a bit of a revival, hopefully, you know, there's peaks or, and valleys uh, to everything, dude, but exactly. like yeah. this, uh, California's always got plenty of creative people and, mm-hmm. and there's roots in so many things that there's 
evolution and everything and you got the ominous ruin you got the fallujah now mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like it just keeps on expanding and we keep going for the ride dude and that's fucking we just just let's i'm i'm just i want to see what the scenes and like what metal bands do a few years from now what that's going to look like for us you Mm -hmm. know um how that might change the environment how that might change the standard the considered standard of what like a musician should try to strive to be in metal you know like we're we're even the phase of music that we're experiencing today in this modern day environment, whatever shows and bands and they call it bandom, like a kingdom, you know, bandom. Yeah. Um, I'm, it'll change. I want to see what it's going to be like from like five years from now, 10 years, even who knows yeah, I'll be in my forties I mean, by that time, you know? So with other things that we talked about though, dude, all the adaptation that we, we have, dude, we're going to figure it out, dude. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be experiencing music for as long as we're on this motherfucker. You know? Exactly. We're gonna blow ourselves up, and right before we fucking explode, somebody's gonna be listening to some shit. You know, mm-hmm. music's still gonna be there right till the end, and we're gonna keep figuring out cool ways to fucking listen to it and be involved and all that shit, dude. And th- thanks to Fallujah for like mixing it up a little bit with like the like we were talking about the ambient kind of like bringing yeah. something different to the table. It doesn't have to always be just like like crazy notes and odd time signatures it could be like something that's just bring something new it's no one's really done and, and i like the when you said moody that's a very good way to yeah it's like what's coming i mean it. i mean well uh, i have like 10 15 years from now like i have no idea where this more computers <laughs> yeah yeah let's yeah, go watch like, <laughs> transformers mixed with fucking <laughs> yeah no it's gonna, yeah have you guys no. heard of the band captured by robots no oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is this, is this, does it sound exactly like the name no they are robots right uh, they're great yeah dude check wow. that out what? Yeah. yeah but uh yeah man dude it's like igor like igor doing like you're listening to, i mean igor's been around for a long time but like listening to what they're doing to shit you're like what the like where is the like i love that there's like adding that progressive mm-hmm. tag to something and with mm-hmm. progressive metal or rock progressive just means like whatever doesn't mean like yeah they get their like native american music in there they could throw like eastern indian music you know it's like there's so many different things they something throw into it. Yeah, yeah it's still progressive and it's still metal or rock and it's still the same thing and that's what i love the most about like these genres it's like they they allow for like the most insane ideas to come through and be still you know prevalent and prominent in, and in the, the genre pushing the boundaries like you, things expand and like a thing like igor is just like constantly hitting that as it's expanding like trying yeah. to burst through it even though we're never going to burst through to the other side of it the, the thing that Igor, i watched that documentary that actually the one part that really tripped me out was like he's they're recording the very end of the album and the very end he decided to send a, set his cab on fire with the recording <laughs> mic while his mic's on fire and he's playing the last riff and it's like all of a sudden it starts distorting and becoming all weird because the fire is taking stuff. it over yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and like it actually sounds fucking cool and like Damn. and he's like he's playing until the fucking until the mic finally gives out and then he's like that these all that's how i knew the album was done <laughs> i was like wow what the fuck i was like i was watching that i'm like jesus this shit's getting so deep and crazy now i'm like fuck dude we were not lighting shit on fire <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit on fire. Close, <laughs> I know, right? Abuse and butthead taught me right i thought but thanks Ooh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, fuck man. yeah but yeah, like I think we were talking about this on the pre-pod, but I got to see you guys at Ozfest. 
2017, right? We figured mm-hmm. out was it mm-hmm. the year? And then, did you play before Suffocation or after Suffocation? Oh, uh, before, definitely before. before. I think we were banned. I think we were banned two, banned two out of okay. uh, yeah. uh, six or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it was a nuclear blast stage. Like it was like right. a smaller stage, but it was like stage one out of three. And mm-hmm. um, that was a really really cool time. Like like a yeah. really really fun. A fun show. We played. Uh, we played kind of early too. I think we played like something like yeah. two o'clock or something like that. Yeah. Or, but still like r- ripping crowd. Uh, really good attendance. The energy was just really good. Um. Yeah. That was a jo- that was a good time, man. Good Joseph time. and I got there like around like noon or something or one, and like we're like, okay, we got to go to that stage right away. And then we saw like you guys. We saw your whole set. And uh, I had like heard of you guys and heard you guys. I just didn't really know like your albums and stuff. But I was like sick dude i like thought it was so fucking rad like thank I was, you like, blown away and like you're drumming and then the whole band and then of course scott and just like shredding and then i'm like okay and then suffocation plays and it's all sick and then and then it possessed played too on that uh-huh. stage, right? yeah. yeah that was so cool yeah. yeah saw that and then um and then like i think joseph and i talked to you like like around by the porter potties or something you know okay okay <laughs> i was like what's I'm up man? To... so like met you real fast we're like oh yeah i think up? so uh, i think know, so yeah fun. And the quote I remember was, you said to Casey, I used to be obsessed with your drumming. (laughs) That that line has stuck with me from that meeting. It's it's still true. (laughs) But I'm trying to, and this is the, this is the horrible thing about myself that I, I'm always finding myself running into with meeting people on tour and at shows. I forget people. Like I forget who people look like. Dude, me too. I forget names, you know? So when you bring up, when people like, are thankfully able to identify themselves to me, like yeah. tell me who they are or something like that. Um, then it's like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I know who you are, dude, you're sick at X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause right, right. Yeah. this brain you can't that keep spark. that much. Yeah, yeah. You got it in a file somewhere. <laughs> you just need the spark to, 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 to make me file. remember it. Yeah. Do exactly. you ever feel yeah. like forced in the, like I get in this position sometimes where like, Oh, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you in Nebraska, blah, blah. We did this and this together. Blah, oh, blah. I'm and fucked. I, I, I'd be so I, fucked. And I just will be like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, but I'm like totally lying because I'm like, I just don't want to make them feel bad because they're so they're so enamored with that time we had. You know what I mean? Like they, they had yeah, such a good time yeah. that I don't want to be like, oh, I forgot. So I'm like stuck in the in the, the middle ground of just being like, yeah, totally, man. Yeah, I remember um, you. I, I, I literally will like. I won't say anything specific, but I'll be like, I'll just give them the nod and be like, fuck yeah, dude. That was sick. (laughs) I was about to say, I was like, I think the, I think the default term to go to or default phrase you say is like, I saw you do it this thing at this show on, uh, on this tour. And you're just like, you're like, yeah, that was sick, dude. <laughs> it's like that. Because you're, like, like, you're trying to be genuine. Because you're like, you're totally. Like, oh, I mean, I mean I'm on the tour. I just, I can't remember yeah. like, because my day to day on the tour is, is, I remember, what was I saying before? When you talk to people who like go to the one specific show. Exactly. In their town that week. That in their head, that's day, the only show. That's the only show like in their head. It was like their favorite thing they were looking forward to for like yeah. a month. But our daily on tour is like tour becomes like a monotonous activity after a while and we yeah. we can't differentiate the different days mm-hmm. between each other until something like extraordinary happens and it like like fuck that's the show that i my cab blew up or like oh crap yeah. someone stepped on a cable so my triggers were out for a song and it was like embarrassing or or oh we got paid a thousand bucks at the merch table because this one person like loved us like like that's how i'm able to actually remember key moments on tour like and it sucks because it's like I don't want to undermine 
their yeah, for sure. emotions and enjoyment exactly. of that show. So it's like it's like that's something like stuck. A, you're stuck, like, dude. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was, it was sick, man. <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly ultimate. what you're talking about yeah yeah like, exactly if they about. follow up with something specific like remember when johnny did this dude and you're just like yeah you remember me dude i, I said <laughs> hi to you at the end of your set or something i was like you know fuck yeah dude yo what's up man how you doing <laughs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna test you at this one alex or oh, and, no. andrew sorry oh no oh, no. Um, oh whoa alex um i was enough. i was thinking because because alex was singing at the time for you guys yeah, yeah. um i was i saw you guys nice in sacramento safe. Yeah. And um this this dude came in and started making it rain during your set, like throwing dollar bills nice. <laughs> onto the stage and into the audience. It was just in Sacramento. I think it was the conducting from the grave headlining show. I, I think I remember with, this show. With Soma Ross and uh early Alter Beast. I think it was like the oh, first man. Alter Beast show. Yeah. I miss Soma Ross and Alter Beast, dude. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. So I remember that that the Fallujah Facebook page. It was like shout out to the dude who made it rain last night. <laughs> like that's right. So at I least think, somebody think, remembered. Yeah, it. I think yeah. Alex wrote that post, and we were like in yeah. the van or out back or something. We wrote that. I actually, or... I have footage of that dude at that show. I I took really? the video. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You YouTube. might have to show me sometime. <laughs> Andrew's like, that was sick, dude. Yeah, sick. I was literally thinking about like I was like, yeah, dude, that was pretty sick. Dude. <laughs> and I'm still trying to remember in my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, oh, man. I just, I just said I'd test you, man. So there you I go. Failed, dude. <laughs> I, I, I'm fucked. I fucked up hard. You did man. the same dude. thing. You did the same thing. I'm just talking about going. Like, oh yeah. So yeah, it was that day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you start they, going no, through. Like I was literally going in my head until you brought up like the 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 guy raining money on the stage thing and the make it rain co- uh, post. And I was like, now I remember. Yeah. But it took a significant moment like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. for me, uh, a musician that's. Uh, so used to doing shows pretty frequently and then being on tour, like it, it's, it's so it's, it's crazy. The drastic changes between someone's personal experiences to another's kind of thing, yeah. you know, and, yeah. um, or other random shit has to happen. Like I'll remember funny shit in or uh, hella, yeah. Vancouver yeah. because Bill, it was like a high stage and Bill stage dove and got like punched in the eye by accident and had a black <laughs> eye from that point forward and we went back into the states after that so i'll always remember that venue because of all that shit yeah, yeah. it's got something's like, got to happen like yeah. you'll you'll never because there's so <laughs> many things i just don't remember it's like because like what you're getting back at uh andrew like you're talking about like yeah you're there it's their one show that they're like this is the show that was so sick but this is like show number 26 for you and like and and to them like especially like when you start like making like friendships and stuff on the road people kind of treat you like oh this is sh- this is show number 1 right this is like tr- you know like you they don't take into their head that you've been playing constantly every night and like going on this fucking trek the whole time so they kind of treat it like yeah dude let's go out and do a bunch of stuff and you're like dude this party is like time. a party, party time you're like dude this is Everyone, like my 37th show we're trying to go to bed <laughs> exactly i'm i am trying to sleep <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly because i probably got to drive in like three hours so yeah yeah um, exactly I, you have fun i'm gonna eat this taco from taco bell and then i'm yeah. going to 
I'm going to get some sleep <laughs> and know, then wake up next. and then be shot <laughs> <laughs> driving to the next show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If but I go to sleep right now, fun. I will be shot. <laughs> so <laughs> like if I go out and do more, I will be like a, a kind of shot. That's just not even able to play a show. It's like, you know, <laughs> I can drink for sure on tour. If I, if I want to experience immense pain for the rest of the tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's no way I could drink the way that we did on tour. 10 years ago 12 what what was it 13 but also too andrew's andrew and casey have to play drums like we could just go up there and like they have to like exert energy and like use their body and like burn fuel you know like i sometimes like to think the drums that death metal dudes have to do on on tour especially you kind of got to treat it like not like olympic athletes but it's like you're you're out like uh you're you're doing like your professional circuit kind of thing Extreme so when you're athletes. so when you're when you're home it's like okay you're home for training and then tour is it's game time like you just yeah. gotta go out there and just do what you can performance yeah 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 that's why we're always so wrecked when we come home i i get i get horribly wrecked after every tour joints and muscles hurting and like back things and i probably like banged my hands like 50 times on the road or cuts and bruises somewhere i didn't even know i got till like three days later yeah. and then i'm like home and i'm like dude i didn't realize how much hurt i've been in because i've been like yeah ripping hard drums for like 40 minutes and then i gotta rush to get off and break down kit and then load in a trailer and then and then no sleep and then not as yeah, much frequent food time to pay attention to your pain dude dude i don't got time for pain <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that as far as being a touring band, there should be like, like all the band members should go through a training. Like, all right, help the fucking drummer load his drums up. Like, like help him like pack all that shit up. Cause like, I'm like, Thank I, I just, I just rolled up a cab. <laughs> I rolled up a cab and like put a head up and like plugged one cord into the other thing. You put your I'm microphone in your, put your microphone in your little microphone bag. I think the unsaid member was just all like, all oh, yeah. everyone's like responsible <laughs> for your own stuff so if you got a drum kit you got to deal with that if you got a microphone you got to deal with like it's like dude that's not fair bro <laughs> and as a vocalist like- i always made sure i helped out casey and troy as much as i could because I, all i had anything helps my, yeah <laughs> wireless and, yeah and sent, just carry stop. a tom dude just carry it yeah. dude can you just that, take that the floor tom just, just can you just like pick up dude can you just pick up this like drum here and just just yeah. bring it to the trailer yeah, it's just yeah. one hey it's just one drum it's just a drum dude just it's a trip though it's, a, it's an extra trip <laughs> that you're saving you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah you know, from going from the stage to the fucking the trailer so it's consolidating like, gear there's always the worry too of someone just snagging your snare drum or your snare bag or your electronic box like in between an individual going and grabbing things and someone at the trailer, you know, like there's always, there's always that worry too. That's, that's sometimes more of my bigger worries. Like I don't want my shit jacked. Cause I'm not, I'm not at my other spot where my kid is. Cause I'm now at the trailer watching the door open and I'm and it fucking happens in. a lot. I was it just happens. about to say, unfortunately yeah. Yeah. it is a reality. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the hard sucks. thing People is about like, guitars, snares, yeah, stuff like Dan that. Dan got yeah. a guitar stolen on tour. Like, yeah. it's like, like, the, the hardest thing about tour especially playing like fast music is like if one thing goes wrong it's so hard to maintain like like you're like if you're healthy and everything's fine and you're on your shit like and you're comfortable like then you can Oof. like like when we toured europe we we're like in a bus and it was like no big deal like that's why i love europe tours so yeah. much because i'm like yeah, i don't yeah. got a motherfucking drive i got yeah, all these yeah. dudes help me with gear i'm sharing a drum set exactly my yeah. responsibilities are like a yeah, like lot a less and I yeah. and I'm actually getting probably like eight hours or more of sleep right, for like exactly. a night, yeah. you know. Yeah. And food. 
coffee, but yeah. way too much booze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Europe wins. Yeah. Europe wins for for metal in so general. Fun. Europe I love, is like I just love yeah. Europe tours just just for that reason alone. Europe Europe festival runs are some of the best. Like because they're yeah. short, they're just quick short stints. You don't burn out too hard. You know, same thing bus or totally sprinter van or something yeah. yeah like like the last decrepit tour i did with like vader is like 2009 at the end i like had this i don't want to get into the details but i had this like pain that was like caused from like sitting on the drum seat and like in my leg and it got like worse like on the tour and Oof. i couldn't like it didn't get better until i like got home off the tour and like finally went away but like rested you recovered there was, like, yeah the, like the last shows of that tour like up in like like the northwest like in seattle and like oregon and stuff like I, even in Denver, I played like a super sloppy set because I was like in so much pain. Like I couldn't like do double bass right. And that's like one of the reasons I quit too. I was like so fucked. Like I couldn't even play, you know? You weren't recovering like, enough between so, shows. I just couldn't. Yeah. To, yeah. And I was like so bummed on my performance that last tour. Um, and so, yeah, man, like just one little thing can like, especially when you're doing drums like that, like fuck, dude. Like it hurts so. I like, remember the pain now, like in my left leg, like how. It just I can't um, imagine, dude. Yeah. yeah, trying to just muscle through those songs, just like oh, like I couldn't sit on the drum seat, dude. It's, it's worse like when you're like when you're sick, yeah. when you're like when you've already got a cold or oh, you got a stomach bug. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. Because you're now you have to like now you have to forego your your like internal pain from whatever you're dealing with oh, yeah. to now exert yourself at that same level to perform well. In most cases, you're probably on a click track too, so there's like. <laughs> no extra longer rests in between the songs or something like that. Yeah. I've, yeah, yeah. I've been brutally sick on tour before and yeah. still had to play That's like such a few a sets before, thing. I, you know? So it's like, don't you think that like with all the exertion and anxieties and stress and shit that we've been talking about on, on this episode right now, like that kills the immune system. That's probably why it's so fucking common that all of us got sick Mm -hmm. on at least one or more tours because we physically let our guards down and uh, got sick. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to a Robin Stone on that Vader tour. He played, he learned Augury set like fucking a week before and then played Nementa and the Amenta. And then he, one time he got swine flu and played both sets with swine flu. <laughs> Like, he was like Insane. he was like he was like wrapped up in the back with like towels and shit and they're like you're on and you just go on like yeah. he was like dying and like wow. and same with uh, eric rutan there was times um yeah. on black dahlia where like he got had 104 temperature he's sitting in the back we get off stage he's sitting there like just sitting there like with, like with towels on him and shit like sweating his ass off and just we're like all right dude eric you're you're on dude and just like all right and just like snapped out of it and like he, every, between every song, I remember like seeing him like play like just normal hate eternal. You had no idea that he was sick. He would turn around to his amp. I was standing behind his amp, and he would just sit there and just be like, Ugh, like this like grimacing, like 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 you said with the face, like seeing someone's face, like you can actually see how they're feeling. He just would turn around, like turn the stage stuff off, and just be like, ah, like this like fucking like dying in pain, and just like would turn around and be like. All right, motherfuckers. Like, you know, we just like find this something in his in his brain Crazy. to make him like push yeah. through it. And I was like, Jesus, man, I literally just woke you up and you're like pushing through this right <laughs> so, now. It's so he's That's basically bad. taking like a quick moment in the midst of the chaos to be uh authentic to his pain and then yeah, back exactly. to yeah. remasking myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He's I like, am nope. God. Exactly. Yeah. He's all my 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 fucking stage show and then my pain. <laughs> I, I'm a god. Uh, like, Mom, I hurt my tummy, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Just to be able to hey, separate that, that I was it. like a, a the skill that I didn't know existed. Dude, you got to do yeah. it sometimes, though, man. Like that's yeah. it, it sucks. Like that's the environment we're in. But man, it means you can probably handle anything at that point. You know, exactly. Robin, Robin Stone actually uh, shared a Cali Death podcast episode on Facebook recently. And I said, let's get you on. So, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I'd love to. He's the man. Yep. Thick, dude. Well, <laughs> I think Andrew, we've had you for almost three hours, man. Thanks I do need to feed my dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah like, give him that chicken, dude. I gotta get some chicken in him, and I gotta get some chicken in me, man. It's time to eat. <laughs> yep. oh, nice. Yeah. That chicken. Right. Thanks for coming That's on, though. I appreciate. No, like, thank, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for real. Thank yeah, you so much yeah, for having me. We will. Uh, we're, we're kind of local folks, so uh, hope to see you at some shows, man. We'll, no, uh, you, you got it for sure. Oh yeah. Fuck this yeah. won't. This won't be the last time. Fuck yeah. Last time on. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Seriously, guys. Oh, thank, yeah. you. Yeah. thank you for yeah. uh sharing all your 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 life struggles and triumphs and all that shit, dude. Appreciate it, man. Awesome, thank you. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. And, a lot. Uh, oh man, it hit hard. Uh plug anything you want. Any any merch spots people can go to buy some shit. Um yeah, just keep your I don't know, just I'm outside of Fallujah, I'm just trying to do session work for Bansy in the Bay Area that might that might travel out to band somewhere out in like America, maybe Canada one day or something like that. But, um, just doing, just doing session work for a lot of people. I'm just trying to stay safe right now in COVID still, uh, hope you all have a good holiday season and please, uh, you know, just, just, just hang on a little longer. I hope, I hope COVID is going to finish up pretty soon. How do we watch your, <laughs> how do we watch your stream? If we want to watch um, on Twitch. So, uh, so you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, and on Twitch at, uh, Sigma Caldera. So it's exactly the same handle. Um, twitch.tv forward slash Sigma Caldera. Um, I typically stream three days a week, uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays or Thursdays, and then uh, Saturday or uh, bigger streams on Sundays. And I'll, I'll do like a mixture of gaming, drum scene, uh, drum stream stuff. Uh, we do a lot of chatting and uh, like topic discussion stuff, kind of like, kind of like what we're doing here in podcasts, but oh, yeah. more geared towards like mental health stuff. It's, it's a really, it's a really good safe community and stuff. And I'm, I'm really um, just honored to be a part of it and, uh, and be developing a, a safe space to talk about things like this. And um, you are, you boys are welcome to come by anytime. I would I love it. You I'm actually, I'm going to, sure. I'm going to start checking it out for sure. I might be uh, since this podcast drops, I'll probably be streaming. I think next on, Sunday, I had a bit of a family scare with our dog uh, recently, so I haven't streamed for like a week. But I'm gonna get back to it on Sunday, and um, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter uh, at Sigma Caldera, S I G M A C A L D E R A. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm not as active as I used to be on there and stuff. And then yeah, album Fallujah album five next year, and I hope to be in like I don't know. 10 more other bands albums next year <laughs> just to, just to help them out and stuff so um, okay yeah. and yeah you know we'll see we'll see what 2022 has in store for for metal hopefully post-covid too yeah drop some super chats for fucking andrew in here get some uh get um, some cash fucking help him out man fucking musicians need all the help we can get right now and one of the best musicians actually is come, in the bay come, area come come to twitch we have cookies 
and yeah, yeah. and and bitties Cookies. and stuff and, and yeah. funny shit bits and, and, and memes. And stuff, right? We got yeah, tons yeah. of memes so, and bits and cool shit. It's fuck cool. Yeah. A lot oh, of friends yeah. out here. Yes. Fuck yeah. Nice. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> good stuff. Rock on, guys. Uh, Venmo, Casey Howard at uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I know. What did that Because you were just talking about super chats. I'm just fucking around. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. okay. Rock okay. on. Uh, <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> you fucking asshole, dude. You're supposed to just go with the joke, dude. Even if it doesn't make sense. How is he get, supposed to put the super chat to Venmoing? I don't know. That's funny. Uh, he's grandpa. We got Grandpa Trapani on the fucking. Grandpa Trapani. <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers i call him my best friend and he still can't tell me my fucking last name right all right dude Derpy. rock on rock on hornier hornier joe hornier all right dude love you guys uh rock on we'll uh see you guys next week with some other sick shit dude fuck yeah hell yeah bye later bye